All respect to the past, the future is now. Tommy Frazier, who? It's Casey Thompson time. Whipping Mickey Joseph, gonna teach him to shine. This may be the most unbelievable night in Cornhusker football history. Shenander's got them black shirts looking clean, but Jason Pater might say it's time to get mean. Garrett Nelson and Luke Reimer gonna throw them bones and give us something positive to spit on these microphones. This show's for you, the best fans around. We are the Big Red Junkies, about to break it down. Oh, shit. Suck it, suck it now. <laughs> well, it is preseason time. It is intro shows, previews. No, it's go That's time. what we're doing. It's, it's go time. You're right. We are literally one month to the day. I love it. And it's game day. Fucking love it. Yeah. Buddy. Oh, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm stoked. <laughs> I'm stoked not only because opening day is going to be awesome by itself. Um, I'm super, super excited to see what this new look team that we're going to have is going to roll out. I know you don't think it's going to be as new look as I do, but one way or the other, I think it's going to be new look for sure. Wait. Either way, we're seeing we're seeing new fucking numbers for I, sure. I don't think it's a new look team. The whole t- Basically, the whole team is new. Yeah. No, but I think we're still going to... You still think we're going to do the same old shit. Same... What do you mean? I don't know. Let's get into the preview, huh? Well, but I mean, we're not going to do... <laughs> we're not going to do the same old shit as long as a certain someone stays out of the way. Yeah. I, I think that'll happen <laughs> at least until like week four or five. I don't know. Uh, Oklahoma game might might hit the panic button. Who it really knows? depends on how the season goes. I mean, if it goes badly, then maybe game three or four. But yeah, you know, if it if it goes the way some overly positive people that I might be talking to right now think it will go, <laughs> then <laughs> then he'll stay out of the way. Well, dude, it is like what nine forty five on a Wednesday, nine forty five, something like nine no, fifty. It's, it's ten o'clock. It's ten o'clock on a uh, well. I've been a happy hour since five <laughs> o'clock. So, so who knows? It's five o'clock somewhere, right? You, yeah. Um, I just got off work an hour and forty five minutes ago. Yeah. So. Well, sorry for you. Um, <laughs> no, so I am primed and ready to go. Yes, my you man. are. Uh, we're having fun. We have a producer this year. It's going to be a good time, Mister Matt, our, our producer slash bartender. <laughs> he's the uh, he's our Jamie. If you uh, watch Joe Rogan, he's gonna be pulling stats for us when we need them and this and that. If as, as if Jed doesn't have all the stats anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, he's we're welcoming him to, him to the podcast. We're gonna have some uh, guests this year. We're pretty excited about. Yes, um, I can't wait for that one. Yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm just stoked to start the fucking season. Absolutely, God. I just, I'm. I mean, I know we still got four weeks to talk, and that's what we're gonna do. But God, I'm so sick and tired of talking. I just want to <laughs> fucking get into this. <laughs> I want to see some games. God damn it! I cannot fucking wait. But I am excited. The next four weeks leading up, we're gonna have a show come out every week. Yep. Uh, we're gonna uh, uh, do an offensive preview tonight. Yep. You know, it's gonna be offensive. Maybe. <laughs> uh, like I said, I have been drinking for like five hours. Uh, but next week's the defense. The week after, we're going to do special teams with a little bit of... Uh, big Big Ten overview as a yeah, whole. Yeah, Big Ten. Other tennis. teams yeah. and shit like that, because you can only t- talk about special teams so long. Yeah, exactly. And it's all brand new, so there is more to talk about than normal. <laughs> of course. But uh, then we're going to have a little special guest for our full season, season preview. preview yep. That'll come out the week before Northwestern, and then obviously the Northwestern preview, and it's game time. Yeah, absolutely. God, it just... Ugh. 
You, I mean, you know me. I count down from the day the the day the uh, national championship game is over. I start my countdown. So, and we'll be coming I mean, to you just, live from Ireland. No, I'm just kidding. No. Like that would be awesome, though. That would be. That'd be sick as fuck. <laughs> we had a day to watch the football. Sure. Is that your Irish <laughs> no. accent? That was terrible, wasn't that it? That was. God I have awful. a good Irish. You accent. actually do, but but uh, I've got a good Irish accent. <laughs> I've got a good fucking Irish accent, and I just fucked it up bad. <laughs> Actually, Matt, you're right. Don't encourage him. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have said you do. <laughs> Brother, things are starting. Things are starting. I, I should say you have an Irish accent. It's not a good one, but you have one. Oh, it's true. <laughs> and, and, and just so you know, I know last year we started off the season. We're all prepped like, oh, we're going to drink and podcast. That's, that's what our whole thing is. And then we basically didn't all season. Because either, we were both sick. Yeah. Like if one or the other, we, took, we it was like we took turns fucking passing COVID back and forth or some shit. I don't even know. Yeah. But- it's going to be different this year. It's all the kissing that we were doing. <laughs> Folks will not catch me speechless often, but I have no re- I have no retort to that. Got him. I don't even know what to say. Got him. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> you almost fell back a little bit on that I one. I don't even know. It's a good thing I got a rocker. That's all I know. Uh, so, you know, we always, we always, we started the season last year like, hey, what are you drinking on? Yep. Jed is always drinking on Jaeger. Some form of Jaeger. Tonight it happens to be what? Jaeger orange juice. Jaeger OJ. Yep. Uh, I know it sounds atrocious. It looks like vomit. It does. It looks like dirty beer. And uh, no, it looks like you puked in a glass and you're really drinking it. And it sounds awful, but I promise you, it's good. Sure. Uh, <laughs> they got some vodka diamond. Okay, going on. I'll, 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 let me rephrase it this way: that, uh, that I told a bunch of family members uh, l- two weekends ago. Um, it's just tell me it's not disgusting when they tried it, and they're like, "It's not disgusting." It's okay, not, it, yeah, cool. I'm not actually <laughs> actively vomiting, so we're okay. But we're gonna start the season off right. We got a Jaeger bomb. We're gonna do it. Cheers. Rock Amen. out with your cock out. Always a good one hits the lips. So, dude, it's time. Offensive preview. Mm-hmm. What you got for me? Well, where do you want to start? <laughs> Honestly, God, I want to start at the coach because obviously the coach is new. The head coach? Oh, I think, darn, that's not new. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, darn for you. Darn for you. I'm happy with the coaching changes we made, man. I'm I'm excited to see what they bring. I think the biggest thing, and I, I was just talking about this earlier today. I think the biggest thing the coaching changes we made will do between last year and this year, regardless of whether or not we think we have less talent on this team, regardless of whether or not we don't know much about this team, because there's a lot of really really strong position players that we just don't know that much about because they came from somewhere else or they're brand new. And my biggest thing, although is, most of our transfers are were on defense. But, no, I get, I get yeah, that. But, but I mean, yeah. we have a brand new quarterback that's yes. not a brand new quarterback. Like yeah. he's coming from a system that he played in a system that's similar to what we're doing, uh, at least what we're what we think we know what we're so, doing. So you you said brand new quarterback. You're only saying one. So you're assuming Casey Thompson is the starter. Well, it's in our intro song, man. I assume he's. I get be it, the starter, but yeah. If you go off Scott Frost, nobody's been given the start. Yeah, but, cool. but then if you go off Mark Whipple. Casey Thompson's the starter. You went off Scott Frost for the entirety of the last five seasons. Nobody's ever been injured either. So that, well, that, that and nobody has an actual starting job. It's always competition. Blah 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 blah. Bunch of words. Cool. That, when Belichick says that, it means something. Um, <clears throat> but, and he's not Belichick. No. 
But what I'm saying is I, I truly think the difference between this year and last year, uh, last year our team had the mentality of we don't know how to win. And they found a lot of very crazy ways to lose games mm-hmm. last year. I'm hopeful in the fact that I think this year's team has some older, more experienced assistant coaches that are speaking to them. They're different voices, regardless of regardless of who's new, who's not. Different voices sometimes can be the change you're looking for. Even if it's the same message, if it's a different voice, sometimes it's not beating a dead horse anymore. Absolutely. And so I think that maybe some of that mentality that led to us literally finding ways to lose, finding intriguing ways to lose games, I think, I hope, would be gone. Did you happen Because no one coaches football to teach kids how to lose games. No. Did you happen to see uh, at least the uh, large podium in... Part of Scott Frost at the media days yesterday. The biggest takeaway that I had from that was it's time to win some games. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, this is not me criticizing Scott Frost. He didn't say a damn thing in that entire thing, and I don't care that he didn't. Most say coaches didn't say don't, it. absolutely, uh, but especially because we watch Scott Frost every single week at press conferences. He never says anything at press conferences. It's Gavin always deflection. it's always we're close, we're close, we're close. Which they're not. But well, I mean, um, he then, never had any answers last year. Like, there were no answers for what was going on last year because it was also wild. But one of the one of the things that I took from what he said was that they did not have a killer instinct last year. Yeah, and that's one hundred percent true. And he's looking for that killer instinct to be there this year. And that's one of the biggest things. You know, we're talking about the offense in today's show. The offense wasn't really that much of a problem last year. I understand people are going to bring up time uh, turnovers and some costly penalties and things like that and scoring in, in clutch situations. I get that, and all of that is accurate. But statistically, our offense was very, very good. Minus getting in the end zone. Absolutely. Minus getting into and, the end zone. And here's here's the thing that I'll push but back on. But that's the killer it. instinct part. And I know you're, you're a massive stats guy. I'm a math guy myself by nature. I love stats. That's why I love baseball so much. Yep. But... A stat that doesn't reflect is the timing of turnovers. Adrian Martinez didn't have any more turnovers than Casey Thompson did last no. year. But well, technically he had one more. The timing. Well, okay. I, I, yeah, we're, we're splitting. No, I, I just. What my point is is uh, the timing of Adrian mm-hmm. Martinez's turnovers. Adrian Martinez in the first three quarters. That'd be interesting to look at his turnover ratio in the first three quarters and the fourth quarter. And I, if you're telling me you have that, I'm very impressed. So I don't necessarily have it through the third and fourth quarter. I actually have it in another notebook that I, of course, left at home. But I can tell you, first half to second half, we it had to have been a massive difference. I'm pretty sure. We only had, if if I'm off, I'm off by one or two numbers. In the first half, we only had three turnovers. I'm not saying that they were all from Adrian Martinez. Out of what, 35? Uh, it was 20-something turnovers that we had. Well, I think he had 27 by himself. No, he had 10 interceptions, and he had like four, maybe three or four. I oh, thought he had 27. No, my bad. No, but... We only had like three to four, and I think it's three, but we only had three or four turnovers in the first half of all of last season. So the vast majority of our turnovers came in the second half. And I and I only looked that up because I got into this, I, I got into the, stupidly I got into this wormhole of somebody bitching up saying Adrian Martinez is the worst player ever and he's the reason that we all sucked and all this other stuff. And again, I'm not saying Adrian Martinez is the greatest quarterback we've ever had, but he also isn't the worst that we've ever had. And after but, a whole off season of thinking about that, you know what I came to the conclusion of what 
He's definitely not the worst player we ever had. Like that's no. that's not even a question. He is the reason we were in yeah, a lot of those games absolutely. at the end of the game. He's also the reason we lost a lot of those games at the end of the game. I'm not going to say the reason, but he's he was a big chunk of it. Yes. Specifically, I can think of the Michigan game. Ooh, I had these I had these games earlier today and I can't remember them now. I've like I said been drinking but since 5. One but. of the reasons why I looked that up is because because this person uh, said that the majority of Adrian Martinez's stats came in garbage time when we were behind by a shit ton of points because of what he did in turnovers and all those other things. And what I found was it literally his stats did weren't overwhelming because of the turnovers in the first half because we only had three or four of them. It was he wasn't playing a lot of garbage time because no. there wasn't a lot of garbage time in any of our games. That was kind of my point. No, but my point is high pressure situations at Absolutely. the end of games, closing 100%. a game out. That's where he was a failure, hundred percent. And I'm not just pointing to him because there is yep. leadership across the team. It's not just in the quarterback yep. position. Yep. It, it, even even but on it's the also best, part of the gig. It, it's definitely part of the yes. gig. And, and and that's part of being a quarterback is you know your media front and center. Yep. And you're going to take the most scrutiny for wins or losses. Yep. Tom Brady is only a quarterback. On the greatest Patriots teams that there have been, the best one ever, didn't win a Super Bowl. And he was not responsible for that team by himself. No. There are leaders all over the field. And the mentality that leads to fucking up games at the end of them instead of completing games... Mm -hmm. That is a mindset. Yes, it falls on the players first. It falls on the coaches second because you have to be coaching that mindset through the end of the game. We had a lot of games last year. The Michigan game is the one the one that stands out most in my mind, mostly because they were one of the best opponents we played last year. Yes. Michigan and Ohio State were the top two opponents we played last year. Yep. And we beat Michigan handily until about four minutes until that game was over. Yep. It was all there. And then Adrian Martinez fumbles the ball away. On a drive that probably would have sealed the game. And instead, oh, yeah. it gave them the ball back and allowed them to score. And what did they do? They fucking won. We, you and I were at that game. We were. Matt was at that game, too. Yes, he was. It was an amazing time. It was awesome. The vibes in that. Oh, oh my God. The third quarter when the stadium went black and all of a sudden the mm-hmm. fire went up and it was like, it, it was, oh, I'm it, getting chills thinking about it right now. I've been to a shit ton of games. Uh, it's top 10 atmospheres. It's not top five, but it's top ten it, atmospheres that I've ever been to. It rivals the feeling that I got one of the first couple times when I was a kid during the tunnel walk. Yeah, I can see that. Where I got just every single hair on my body stood up, and I was just almost in tears excited about what was happening. I get tears every time the tunnel walk yeah, comes on. and it was just, it, it's one of those things. What? <laughs> Matt, what'd you say? Delete your baby. <laughs> he says we're babies. Fuck I off. I don't care. I cry every time I hear Hey, you song. get old, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> no. No, but no, but for real, I, I, I truly think that it's a mentality that can come from coaching. And I think yes. just getting new voices mm-hmm. in there. Uh, I Yes, the head guy didn't change. But I don't think there's anybody that you're going to find to be the head coach at the University of Nebraska that has more love for the program than Scott Frost. I'm Absolutely not, not. I'm not saying that that's good or bad, but he's definitely not not trying. Oh, no. And, I mean, yes, I, a good chunk of my jabs at Frost are jokes. No, I know but, that. No, I know. I, that. I know. I'm just talking out loud. Even though I call you a Frostator, I know it's all jokes. But. Most of it. Yeah. 
I mean, I still don't. I still think he should have been fired after last year. It's but, founded but in that's football because knowledge. Of the, I get that. But that's but because of the jokes. standard that I have for Nebraska football. Yeah. So, I mean, I said this all the time. Every time when Mike Riley was hired, I said, uh, I think every new coach should get four to five years. But, and the same thing with Charlie Strong down in Texas a few years ago. If you're at a place like Nebraska or Texas or any of those other high-level blue blood schools that are, that are supposed to be blue bloods, I know... You know, like it or not, Nebraska's probably on the edge. If they're not a blue blood anymore, they're right there. They're teetering on that edge of still being a blue blood because of what we've done for 20 if you look years. At the, if you look at the media, they wouldn't say that. Well, no, we're still irrelevant. That's a different conversation. I'm talking about a blue blood of the We're still a top programs. 25 program to work for, but not a fucking top five. But what I'm saying is, if you're one of those schools and you have a losing record in two of your first three years... Even though I think every new coach should get four to five years, you should be fired. That Charlie Strong got fired in three years because he had two out of his three years being a losing record. Mike Riley got fired after three years because he had two of the three years as a losing record. Yeah, but he also looked apathetic. He looked like he didn't give a shit. But he was here collecting you a paycheck. You can't say that he didn't riding give a out shit. the sunset. You can't say he didn't give a shit. No, and I'm not saying I'm not I'm not actually saying he didn't give a shit. I'm saying he looked like he didn't give a shit. You know the reason that according to you and a bunch the of the reason Bopolini got fired was because he gave way too much of a shit and he was way too aggressive. No, it's because he was a dick. He was way too aggressive, and a lot of people didn't like that. They said it didn't represent the program. Yeah, you know what also doesn't represent the program? Hands in your pockets, smiling at the podium after a fucking forty point drubbing, going, "Well, I'm glad we tried real hard." Well, well, you know, Mr. Rogers, I'm glad we tried real hard. Does not giving the opportunity to be the head coach factor into that? Because he wasn't. I don't know about that. We weren't doing the show then. We haven't had that conversation, yeah. I don't think. And like, you know, so that was in the past. I mean, there's no really reason to bring all that stuff up. But um, kind of going back to what we're actually here to talk about, the offense. I, I'm curious to find out. We bring it in Mark Mark Whipple as far as we're talking about coaching. Um, we haven't gotten to the players yet, but we will. Uh, Mark Whipple, I think he, I think talking about him and his style and where he comes from mm-hmm. is almost as important as talking about what we know about the offense. Because right now, truthfully, until we see it in game form, we don't know shit about the offense. No, we don't know how much he's actually affecting it. We don't know how much run game still going to be there because as. Pat Narduzzi pointed out, <laughs> Mark Whipple does not run the football, which is funny because when Scott Frost came to Nebraska, everybody's like, well, we're losing. Run the fucking football. And it's funny because the two games last year that Pitt actually put emphasis on running the football, they're the only two losses they had. Yeah. but They're the only two losses they had, and they ran the ball effectively. They still lost. The, the funniest thing, and I texted you this about with that Pat Narduzzi quote that he had on that uh, car dealership podcast, which is really weird to say out loud. It came off sounding like a petty-ass bitch. But here's the thing, and Sam McEwen po- oh, pointed this out. Oh, my guy left me, so I'm going to trash talk him. But Sam McEwen pointed this out. He's been, Narduzzi's been there six or seven years now. He's His had, one good season. He's had like five offensive coordinators. Yeah. Like... Maybe he's hard to get along. Maybe with. at some point it's you, buddy. Yeah, no shit. Like, and the other thing is, okay, and, oh, you produced a Heisman finalist, a yeah. top three Heisman finalist, and a Blitnikoff Award receiver, and you had like what the third or fourth best offense in the country. Uh, yeah, I actually have some of that stuff up, but I can get it in a second. We can get there in a second. Yeah. But my my whole point was, why are you literally? 
trash talking a dude, trying to throw him under the bus just because he left you to go to Nebraska. They had the number eight offense. Well, first of all, they didn't. He didn't leave uh, leave Pittsburgh to come to Nebraska. He was gonna retire because he wasn't gonna go back to Pittsburgh. Well, probably Period. because he was having a Absolutely. problem there, dude. Yeah, no, they didn't. They weren't gonna work together anymore. Here's my but. question, though. Here's my question following that up. Regardless of whether or not he was planning to retire, why would he leave a program where they just were a top, I mean, what, they were top 12 basically for the second half of the season Mm -hmm. last year? Heisman Trophy finalist, yeah, he went to the NFL. Cool. Pittsburgh, have fun with him. I don't think he's going to be an NFL quarterback. I don't either. Uh, He's definitely not the answer there. No. Uh, But they might have better time with Trubisky. I don't know. But... (laughs) Who knows? But besides that fact, why do you go from there where you led, you built in three years one of the best offenses in the country? Mm -hmm. He had other suitors. Why did you choose to come to Nebraska? Did he? I'm sure he did. A lot of people thought he was just going to retire. I'm sure he had other suitors. Well, the reason there's no way Nebraska was like, oh, Trev Alberts was like, well, I happen to know his mom, so I know that he actually doesn't want to retire. He's just he's just faking that. So I'm the only one that's going to interview him, and then he's going to come here. The reason he comes to Nebraska is because it doubled his salary. That's why. Yeah, but are you telling me that there aren't other programs out there that were looking for offensive coordinators that could have doubled his salary? I, I mean, I can't say that other programs weren't looking for offensive coordinators because I'm sure that there were. But Boatloads. how many of them were willing to pay the money that Nebraska pays? I don't know. A lot. I, we don't no, pay our coordinators no, no, no. that well. I'm talking about how many had an opening and are willing to pay that. I don't, half the I don't SEC. Know. No, but half the SEC. SEC. SEC yeah. Half of the SEC had openings? No, they didn't. That's what I'm saying. I'll bet five of them did. Okay, that's not half. Okay, but I, I'm saying five, and, and and they all had the money to pay. And you're not going to Vanderbilt to be the offensive coordinator. No, not Vandy. Well, I'm just saying if they had. But I'm talking. There's got to be places. No, I, and I'm not saying that there weren't. I'm just saying, whatever's. I mean, my biggest thing with the Pat Narduzzi quote was he's said 85 percent passing. It's like, well, first of all, it wasn't 85 percent, so he exaggerated there. But you know what you're getting with a Mark Whipple offense. Yeah. Every single time he runs an offense, and I've got the numbers in front of me, it's always above 50% passing. That's for the season. That's his offense. If you don't, if you want to run the ball more than you pass the why ball, did you hire then him? you don't hire Mark Whipple. Yeah, why did you hire him? Oh, because you wanted an offense that scored points. Or, or you wanted an offensive coordinator that is a good quarterback's coach that could coach a quarterback into a Heisman Trophy contender and to chuck the ball around to, for a wide receiver that can win the best wide receiver in the country. <laughs> yeah. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. You yeah. had the best season you've ever had as a head coach at Pittsburgh. Or like, anywhere. Well, he's only been a head coach at Pittsburgh. So Okay, fair enough. He was a great defensive coordinator at Michigan State. That's fine. But as a head coach at Pittsburgh, you had your best year ever under with Mark Whipple as your offensive coordinator. Why the fuck you shitting on him? Yeah, because when you shit the bed this year and win six games, uh, they're going to be better than that. But oh, whatever, they don't have that much coming back. Yeah, basically, that doesn't matter. We're not here to break that down. No, my biggest thing about it is this: we had a lose. Oh, I talked about this last year. We were losers. Yeah, Adrian Martinez. I'm sorry. I think you're a great dude. I think you were a good quarterback. He's a he's an average quarterback. He's a he, no. He's better than average. He's very athletic. He he can get the ball where it needs to go most of the time. Okay. He's a loser. Um, I'm, not I'm gonna, sorry, but I have not seen it out, out, after high school. He's been nothing but a loser. I'm not going to use that not, word. He's but. not. He's not led. 
No, I, I, I don't use that word in a, oh, man, that guy's a loser. I, I mean that I mean that from a standpoint of like, there's winners and there's losers in this world. Winners find ways to win. Losers find ways to lose. There were a lot of games last year he found ways to lose. I would say he's not clutch. I'm not going to say he's a loser. He's definitely not clutch. That's, that's what he I'm is saying. anti-clutch. That's why, that's why I say he's an average quarterback. But, you know, I want to bring back back to the point. You, you made this comment about we didn't have that killer instinct that no. Scott Frost said. People talked about LeBron James as being the next Michael Jordan for a long time before he ever won a championship. Before he even got in the NBA. But well, yeah. oh, fuck, <laughs> by the time he was like 15, it's yeah. like he's, he's windmill dunking yeah. on dudes that are five years older than him. But my point that I'm bringing up here is this. The biggest knock on LeBron James until he won his first championship that he had to go to Miami for and, you know, Surround himself with superstars. I, that's what I, point um, I was going to bring up. That he but had, he had help. But he yeah. the biggest knock on him. People were talking about at the time. They're like, he's not Michael. He's not Kobe. You know why? He doesn't have a killer instinct. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it turned out LeBron's killer instinct wasn't mid game. It wasn't end game. It was I'm going to go get the right players to put around myself in order to be a killer because I don't have that in me like Michael, like Kobe, to be the man with the killer. I can't be the guy pulling the trigger, but I will get the dudes to put around me to make that all happen so I don't even have to pull a trigger. Yep. And that's what I'm hoping for in this coaching change. That was a long road around. I, yeah. know, I know that. No, it was yeah. a long road around to get there, but you made that comment about no killer instinct. And that was that's that's a big thing for me because when you look at the LeBron situation, you look at that comparatively to what Nebraska did. It's like it said, okay, cool. I don't have the pieces around me to go be a killer right now. Let me see if I got those now. So maybe Scott Frost just went to Miami. Maybe. Only time will tell. The the, the pro- we can't we don't know. The problem is with that, and I'm just going off that analogy. That is Mark Whipple Dwayne Wade? That's the, what I want to know. No, what I was gonna say is <laughs> okay. So maybe he went to Miami. But the difference is that LeBron had years to be able... I mean, he had a runway in Miami to be able to succeed. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. LeBron would have been run out of town. Not after year one. No, I'm saying if by season three he hadn't gotten done, it would have been But that's my point with this. Frost has this year to succeed. If he doesn't succeed, he's gone. No, and He he has no runway. Here's something funny about that. So I did not realize the way that they restructured his contract, that the buyout literally changed midseason. Yeah, October the buyout, 1st. October 1st yeah. drops from, what is it, 14 mil to 7 mil? Something like that. It's yeah. half. Um, I said this when I saw that the other day on Big Ten Media Days. I was sitting next to Tabitha. I was eating a little bit of lunch, and I watched that. I had saved it. I was watching it like an hour later than it happened, but mm-hmm. I was watching it, and I looked at and I heard that. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. My prediction that I gave last year that I don't care what happens this year. I think he's got two years. I think the way they structure that is if we come out of that Oklahoma game headed into October and we're not at least three and one, I think he's out midseason. I don't I don't know a scenario where somebody like Trev Alberts is going to fire somebody midseason. But well, the scenario is you have a dude who's been a former head coach who's old as shit, who's an offensive coordinator, who can get you a couple wins through the rest of the season and do n- everything you expect Frost to do if we have lost more than one game to Oklahoma in those first four games. I think it's more about when Trev Alberts starts the search. I, I don't think that Frost gets fired midseason. 
All right, but cool. I think it's more about when Albert starts the search. I personally think we're going to be at least three and one, if not four and zero, oh, going into October. Okay. <laughs> well, that's for another show. Yeah. So on to the motherfucking offense. Yes. Casey Thompson, motherfucker. Just him. We're not talking about any other quarterback. I'm game to talk about the quarterback situation, <laughs> but here's my thing. It's clear. It's been clear since he got brought in. Casey Thompson's the guy. Yep. I don't think there's any doubt in that. No. Regardless of what Frost has to say, regardless of any of the games he wants to play and try and keep Logan's mothers on the fucking team however long he wants to, it's not going to matter. Logan's mothers seeing the field ever again at the University of Nebraska is not going to happen unless we're up like 70 to nothing. Uh, I'm not going to go that far, but it's it's not just a Logan's mothers thing. It's also No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm making jokes. No, I know you are. Um, but it's also that he, he always has to make sure to bring up Heinrich Harburg because he's the Nebraska boy. And God forbid we don't talk about Nebraska kids that might play, which he won't. But whatever. That's you know, the, the you make that reference. But at the same time, we also drag on him about the fact that he doesn't recruit hard enough in Omaha. I know. He's lost Omaha. Well, we okay. have okay. in the past. We've talked about how he's lost dudes from Omaha that could be contributors on our team. Mm hmm. Because he doesn't recruit Omaha hard enough. So I'm not going to sit here and bag on him for loving up on the Carney kid when he's not giving enough love to the Omaha kids. I, my thing I, is... I, I, can't, I can't play both ways. My thing is, and I don't care what the position is, if you're asked a question, and it's not just Frost, it's any of the coaches that get, that get asked questions about certain positions, you don't have to bring up every fucking player. You're right. You're and that's right. what they do. Because they, they want to create this atmosphere of competition. Inclusion. Inclusion, competition, whatever else. It's okay to say somebody is the starter. I get that. It's not the end of the fucking world. But at the, at the same time, I think it's detrimental when it comes to the fact that at any given moment, a kid can just jump ship and rock on into the transfer portal. And you want them to understand that, hey, spring ball... It's one thing. Fall camp is where you're going to make your hay. And maybe Heinrich Harburg had a killer summer. Maybe he worked out with Steve Young all summer, and he's the fucking next coming of Jesus coming into the fall. And all of a sudden, he's going to come out of nowhere. Dark horse, uh, whoever that dude was or that horse was that won the Kentucky Derby, come from like 18th place, come up and win at the last second. Who the fuck knows? He's going to be all of a sudden the Heisman Trophy winner this year. You never know what's really going to happen. That's why we play the game, right? Okay. We play the games because we don't know what's going to happen. And so, at the same time as torturing a dude for the fact that he doesn't want to give up a starting... He doesn't want to call Casey Thompson the starter because he doesn't know that much about him yet. What? How, he, How does he know that much about him? He had spring ball, that's it. I hope he knows a lot about him because he recruited him to come here. I agree. But so, that doesn't mean he knows what he's going to play like tomorrow. Well, my, my big thing is, it's funny because he always talks about how, you know, well, we don't know who the starter is yet going to be it. But then Mark Whipple comes in front of a microphone and goes, yeah, Casey Thompson's taking the first snaps and he's our starter. Yeah. It, well. I, 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 I love Mark Whipple. It, it, I don't even give a shit if he's successful here. The fact that he comes up to the microphone. Okay, you're right, Matt. I'm sorry for that. You gave me that look when I said that. <laughs> I, do, I do care that he's successful here. I'm sorry. You're right. I said that wrong. My bad. Jed wouldn't hate it if he was unsuccessful for the first no. year and got held over on the new staff. I want him really to be successful. Gone. My point is, as a coach on a microphone in front of the media, that... 
actually says things rather than talks around the bush and like just says the same shit over and over again. He's a guy like, no, he's our quarterback. I don't give a fuck what he's old school. Know, we don't we don't have to hide anything. He's old school. Like what do you, what do you what do you want me to tell you? We brought Casey Thompson in to be the starter. Do you think some of that's going to rub off on us for on Frost and the rest of the staff? No, because Frost no. is who he is. Good, bad, or indifferent, he is who he is. He's not going to change. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, wh- whether people want him to, whether I want him to, whether you don't think he should because he's still God, I don't know. I've never said he's God. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm no, just my, my, my whole thing, my whole thing is on this. Frost came up under Osborne, who I already know you don't like anyway. No, I love him as a coach. You love him as a coach. You don't yep. like him as a guy, whatever. I don't care. My whole thing is... Tom Osborne's a top five all-time college coach. Absolutely. Easily probably top three. Mm, I'd say, eh, say top five. Four or five. Whatever. Um, regardless, Frost came up under him, mm-hmm. and he tries to mimic everything that he followed and learned under him as he possibly can. Yeah. And I think we can both agree that Osborne's the reason that Frost is here to, to a degree. Him and Davison, yeah. And probably still the reason that Frost is still here. To a degree. No. You don't think so? No. The reason Frost is still here for a fifth year is because of the buyout, but whatever. It is. I don't believe if it. If the buyout whatever. wasn't so big, he wouldn't be here. I don't believe it. Okay. You have your people telling you one thing. I have my people telling me another. That's fine. It is what it is. That doesn't matter. We don't have to agree on that. We don't have to even talk about it no. again. But my point is this. I think that Frost is going to learn... A little bit about an old school way of coaching that he thought he knew and hasn't been implementing. I I hope that he, you know, I said this already before. I hope he stays out of the way. Yeah, me too. And, and that's weird to say as a head coach because the head coach should do stuff. But in today's college football, you need to be more of a CCO, CEO than, a, than an actual like knows inside all the business. The perfect example is Alabama. Yes. Look at how their offense has morphed in the last five years. Yep. Under what? Three different offensive coordinators? A bunch. That are very different people. All three of them, very different people. All three of them very successful and then failed to get back to Nick Saban. Yep. And they're very different. Yeah. And Nick Saban has kept his hands off. He said, fuck it. I hired you because you know what you do. I mean, we can go. We can even go. I don't farther think back. Frost ever trusted Chan or what's his name. Frost trusted Lubick. I don't think he ever trusted him. He never let him call the plays. That's why he never trusted him. Well, I mean, he, he didn't let Walters call the plays either when he first got here. When he first got hired, so but that's but that's my whole point. I think Frost at this point he's got his hands tied and he has to trust a guy, and that's why he picked a guy like Whipple. Mm-hmm. Because he's coming in, he's an experienced ass coach. He's an old school dude who's not going to take flack from Frost. Whipple's a dude who, like you said, was ready to retire. And if all of a sudden his job is getting really hard because Frost is busting his balls every fucking five seconds and he's trying to take over, Whipple's going to say, "Cool, peace out. I don't need this shit in my life." Yep. What well, one of the biggest reasons why I continue to say how much will Scott Frost stay out of the way is you get guys like Mark Mark Masker. Matt Masker, sorry, uh, the probably eighth string quarterback for this year. Uh, he came out and said how the transition of Frost not being 
you know, the figurehead of the offense. I'm not saying that he's not going to have his fingerprints on the offense because, of course, he is because that's just who he is. Sure. That's fine. But, and it's not like his offense and Whipple's offense don't kind of go together. I don't know that they really do, but... They do within reason. But Especially if you the look fact that Masker days. says that it was it, it's been a struggle for the transition of Frost not being a part of a big part of the offense that tells me like how much is he really going to stay out of it no is that, i don't know okay here's my question to you on that is that really speaking to how much frost is staying out of that or is that more speaking to we have supreme loyalty to Scott Frost in the way that he's done things and he brought me in and i am loyal to him till the day i die and they are struggling to transition that loyalty to Whipple, who has a different way of doing things, a different way of talking to them, a different way of talking to the quarterback room and, and dealing with their guys. Because Whipple, admittedly, is very hands-on with the quarterbacks, and he is he's a quarterback whisperer. That's why they brought him in. Well, I hope he's hands-on that's, with the quarterbacks. He's the quarterback's coach. That's what I mean, but they, that's, that's the main thing. Is is that's my question? Is when you when you hear a comment like that, is it really about? Oh well, I don't know if Frost is keeping his hands out of it because the transition's been tough, or is it? It's been tough because there's dudes that have been here that are used to Frost's coaching style, that are used to the way that he kind of kid glove handles them, which is also why we came up with a bunch of soft ass people, including Taylor Martinez, or and now Whipple, who's an old school guy, is a little bit more tough, rough around the edges, a little tougher on him, and he's saying. You're doing it my way now because I'm in charge. When you said Taylor Martinez, did you mean Adrian? I'm at Okay, Adrian. I just wanted to make sorry. sure because I was well, like, you know. Well, no, hey. I, I had to clarify. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to give you shit. Again, Ben Drinkins is five. I know, but <laughs> I want, I was just like, he no, didn't have You know what I mean? Okay, I again, just clarify. Adrian Martinez was a soft, period. That's why he couldn't finish games. I can't say that he's soft Whatever. considering how he played through the injuries that he had specifically last year. I'm not going to say that he's soft. Soft but. mentally, not physically. Okay. That's not what That's I mean. A, I'm just, I had to say it out loud. That's all I'm saying. The dude's soft mentally. That's why he couldn't finish games. So. And he couldn't play in, he's, he couldn't be clutch, as you said. So we, we love our rabbit holes and we just went down one. Um, Let's get back, back to, the, to the quarterbacks. Yes. So you think it's Casey Thompson no matter what. Or or should we should you go into it saying it's Casey Thompson's job to lose? Absolutely, okay. that's what I would say. Okay, I I agree with that. I th- I think it's Casey Thompson's job to lose. D- does it mean that he's one hundred percent the guy? I'm I'm not gonna say no. I'm not gonna say he's hundred, but it is his job to lose because that's what he came here for. Today was the first day of fall camp. He, here's here's the thing. Like I said, Heinrich Harburg can come out of nowhere, he's come not. out of eighteenth place, and and win the job and be the next Peyton Manning. Who the fuck knows? He might as well just move back to Kearney. I'm good with that. But long trip. My eh, not really, but um, it's a boring trip. But it's a joke. <laughs> Here's my biggest question mark with Casey Thompson is a couple of weeks after spring practice. You know, because spring practice he didn't really practice a whole lot. He only threw like four passes in the uh, spring game. Yeah. Um. He had surgery on his thumb, that sore thumb that he had. I heard he had surgery after spring. After spring. So he hasn't been throwing the ball. He hasn't had that uh, interaction with his wide receivers. He hasn't had that camaraderie with the players as far as maybe not face-to-face. He has that, but... Getting, I, I was getting, getting say, I've heard he's touch. been around the team a shit ton. He's been dealing with his boys. He's also been studying his ass off, from what I understand. Okay, 
but throwing the passes to the receivers it matters yeah you're right it matters i don't know how much he's been i mean hell if you have surgery end of april say beginning of may whatever it actually was um was it ligament was like i don't even know what it was it was like a ligament in his thumb throwing hand though yeah so you're not throwing until hell this month close to end of june ish um, and even if you are throwing at the end of June, it's not like it's a ton. Maybe not as much as he would want to. So that that is one thing that kind of is a question mark for me with Casey Thompson. Um, I think he is good enough to be able to play at this. Obviously, he's good enough to play at this level. That was kind of silly to get ready to say because he did very well at Texas. But I'm talking about making the transition having to be able to build that chemistry between wide receivers and him, uh, offensive line and him. Um, I don't know that it was there yet. And having that short window, and we're going to bring stuff like that up specifically, well, we'll bring that up a little bit uh, with the offensive line and the injuries that they had and building that uh, chemistry. But next week when we talk about the defense, specifically the defensive line and building that chemistry, it's it's a short window for these guys. Yeah. And coming off that injury, I don't know. And I think it's I think it's going to be a sketchy start to the season with stuff like that. I think can it build to something? Absolutely. But I'm not looking at the start of the season being anything explosive right away. No, and I, I that's one thing under Frost we haven't seen ever. No. We haven't seen explosive offense coming out the gate because he's also a person who likes to play close to the vest. Also, keep Mar- it to uh, a 10 or 12 play playbook for the first two or three, four games. I think last year was the first time we saw it before week five because we had to play Oklahoma in week four. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even see a very comprehensive game plan then. It was maybe 15 to 18 plays that, again, we were in a game that we basically found a way to lose. Also, if you look at the history of Mark Whipple's offenses, uh, they I'm not saying that they, they ramp up. I'm not saying that they completely struggle and any not even in the through the first season. The first season is somewhat of a struggle for Mark Whipple's offense. It's the second season that you see the bump up on Mark Whipple's offense. The problem is I don't know if they're gonna get a second season. That's not for us to pontificate. What I think is gonna happen with this season with the quarterback situation is this. If Casey, Stomp- if Casey Thompson is healthy, I think he has a sort of rejuvenation to his career moment because he found out what it was to be a loser last year at Texas, and he wasn't the one losing them games. It wasn't a Martinez situation. He had very similar stats to, or to Adrian Martinez mm-hmm. last year. Yep. They, you look at them both, it's kind of a plug and play. It is. Because they were in a similar offense. They had very similar stats. They both struggled to throw the short pass, which was interesting. Well, it depends on which stats you're looking at. Because I, t- I talked about this before where I was in this Twitter argument with this one person that yeah. was trashing. Well, actually, it was more about this. There was an article that I, I posted or I found it on, uh, I think, Cornhusker Memes on Facebook. And it was just an absolute garbage written art- article about how Casey Thompson is a better fit for Nebraska than Adrian Martinez was. And it was talking about, well... Uh, Casey Thompson was 24 and 9 in touchdown to pass ratio, and Adrian Martinez was only 14 and 10. And Casey Thompson threw 63, completed 63% of his passes, and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, 
good job at picking and choosing the numbers that you wanted to throw out there because yeah. the, here's the thing. Yes, Adrian Martinez throwing the ball 14 and 10. I can't deny that. And that's one more interception and 10 more 10 less touchdowns. The problem is what they failed to actual actually mention also is they said uh Casey Thompson was 63% passing. Well, Adrian Martinez was 62.9. Yeah. Um Adrian Martinez also had 13 rushing touchdowns to bring him up to 27. Yeah. Uh, Casey Thompson had fours to bring him up to 28. So literally the numbers are basically the same. That's why I said they're, they're just they're different sim- quarterbacks in quarterbacks. different offenses they were, at the time. The biggest difference between the two of them, though, like I said, Adrian Martinez was anti-clutch. Yes. He cost us a lot of games in the fourth quarter. And Casey Thompson didn't do that for his team. His defense gave up the majority of the losses that they had. Yep. They played in a couple shootout games where he was fantastic. I wouldn't don't know if I'd say fantastic, but he was very good. But he also, they played in that one, uh, forgive me, I can't remember who they were playing, but they played in a, a shootout game where they were up, or no, they were down, excuse me, they were down big time. They came back and then they, um, they t- I think it was, I want to say Baylor. It was like they were down like 21 or 27 points at halftime. Baylor, they lost 31 to 24. That's not who I'm thinking of, though. Okay. I don't know who it was for sure, but they ended up... I I was giving Texas trash... I was trash-talking Texas on Facebook around halftime, and then all of a sudden they come back and end up... Oh, it was Kansas. It was fucking Kansas. Yeah, but they lost to Kansas. Yeah, but I ended up... like They ended up coming back and tying it, and they think they went to overtime. Yeah. Hey, but it was like they were getting drubbed by Kansas. It was like they were down by like 21 to 28, somewhere in that range. Casey Thompson was uh, 30 of 43 for 358 yards and six touchdowns Yeah, in that game. How many How many turnovers? One interception. One interception. Yep. Cool. So they came from behind. It was it, it, You can look at the box score. I think at halftime they were down by like 21. Okay, I'll look that up, but go ahead. But my, my whole point was this. That's a come from behind win. I don't remember a come from behind win under Adrian Martinez, or, or they, they they still lost, right? I don't remember a come from behind like that under Adrian Martinez where we storm back on anything. No, there there wasn't. I mean, because he wasn't clutch. But we also weren't behind a lot. No, we weren't like not this a, past a season. But yeah. I'm talking about his whole career. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm I'm not. I don't know as far as our quarterback situation now, like. I think we're better off, especially with the backup, Chubba Purdy, uh, coming in as our second guy. Uh, I I think he's a fantastic backup. I mean, I don't really know. He played one game and uh, or maybe two games in. What I know is at Pitt. And it was all garbage time. What I know is offseason at Pitt. Under the expectation Whipple, Whipple was still going back to Pitt, he was recruiting him. Yes. He had already gone to see him. On the pit plane, going to do the thing. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, when you have a dude who produces a top three Heisman candidate quarterback, and he's solely responsible for that kid, and he's picking him out and saying, hey, I want you to come come, come play for me. Yep. And then he gets him to follow him over to Nebraska. I think that's huge. I think that's cool. Uh, yeah, Trouble Party, he's had some injuries, and he, he struggled to get on the field. I understand that. But and I, and I also understand he's got what four years left. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's the big thing about Chubba Purdy. He's got four years left, and that's huge. Yeah, and if he decides to stick around and he decides that 
okay, cool. I can be Casey Thompson's backup for a year, and next year I'm going to get a real shot at this, whether Casey Thompson goes on because he has a great year or transfers somewhere else, whatever. Yep. Maybe I can compete for the starting job, and maybe Whipple turns me into a guy. And the good thing about Chubba Purdy is, let's just say, unfortunately, and I, I understand with what I typically say about Frost, might not sound like I think it's unfortunate, but I've also always said I want him to win, I want him to be successful, all yeah. that stuff. But let's just say, unfortunately, he gets fired this year, and maybe we go after a guy named Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Well, Matt Campbell just got done coaching Chubba Purdy's brother. So oh, really? there's a good chance, Brock Purdy, there's a good chance. I think Brock Purdy got drafted by your Patriots. Um, there's a good chance. I, I don't, about, what? What does he play? Quarterback. We drafted some kid from a no name. Oh like no, D2 you drafted school. Western. No, you drafted Western Kentucky. That uh, Zappy. Yeah, the kid who got like the the college football almost. He, he was like he was like sixteen yards short like of the 16, passing yards. Like six thousand fucking yards. No, he was shit. just short of six thousand. Yeah. Jesus. But um, real quickly, going back to that Texas uh, Kansas game, it was thirty-five to fourteen at halftime. Kansas, yeah. So yeah, that, and they stormed back and yeah. they tied it up. Yeah, the third and they did end up losing in overtime. The third quarter was twenty-one to seven Texas. So yeah, yeah, they stormed back like crazy in that in that game. But, but moments like that in your career are defining moments for you from a from a mentality standpoint. Yeah, and I look at it and I say, does he have? Clutch time shit. It was a little better coaching, because we can both agree. They were basically getting through their first year in Texas just to see what they had, and then it was recruitment time. Yeah. And it was move the levers, replace the pieces, yeah, do Sarke- whatever. Yeah, Sarkeesian's still building. And yeah. Sarkeesian, like, he doesn't fit Sarkeesian's system. No. At least Sarkeesian is a head coach. What we saw at USC... Uh, and prior at Washington, he doesn't fit that mold. I don't, I don't know that he doesn't fit the mold. I just I think Sarkeesian's still trying to figure it out at Texas right now, because because last year was his first year, so he's, he's yeah. But still- I mean, Sark even under under Saban at Alabama, that wasn't the type of quarterback he had. Also, Texas then gets the Quinn Ewers, the high school, the Texas high school phenom that went to Ohio State for one year to make yeah. a couple of million dollars off NIL. <laughs> Uh, you got all them tattoos, man. Yeah, sure. Um, and Casey Thompson just wasn't going to play over him. Whether he was better than Quinn Ewers or not, uh, you bring in a guy like Quinn Ewers who is from Texas and all that stuff, You just it's just the way it goes. Sure. It's it's a lot like the Major Applewhite and uh, Chris Sims situation back sure. in the day with, you know, you get a name like Chris Sims and Very you're different play. talents. True. I'm just talking about the battle. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no, yeah. No, yeah. but that's... It's funny to think about that and think about back to then when those that that was a good Texas team. Those were good Texas teams. That's back pains when me to say, it pains me to agree with that, but yeah. But it's crazy to think about the talents and how Casey Thompson lined up against them in their day. He's a way better quarterback. Oh, Chris Sims is garbage. Major <laughs> Applewhite. So is Major Applewhite. No, Major Applewhite was good for a college quarterback. All right, fair he, enough. Whatever. He was. He was much better than Chris also, Sims. I was also in like sixth grade, so if Chris Sims didn't have a dad named Phil Sims, Chris Sims would not have been the starter. Because <laughs> Major Applewhite was a lot better than Chris Sims, but that's that's Texas stuff and fuck Texas. But fuck Texas. Yeah. Back to the offense. I think we've discussed Casey Thompson enough. Yeah. Obviously we know Trouble Purdy's probably gonna be backing him up. Yes. 
Do you think anybody's even relevant else to, to mention? I mean, Logan Smothers will be number three and, you know... Bar- do you, do you see injuries. Smothers sticking out the year? Everything that Smothers comes out and says, he's he's not going anywhere. So, huh? I, I honestly, I hope that he does because him getting taught under Whipple will vastly benefit him. So, I hope he does stay. Good. Whether he plays or not is, a, is another conversation, but I hope he sticks around. Running backs. Ooh, that's a uh, that's a shit show right there, and I don't mean that in a bad. There are just there's a lots of bodies and next to no experience, not a lot of proof. No, not at all. I mean, okay, but here's my thing: we got two guys returning from last year that were reasonably productive. One of them's who? Ramirez uh, Johnson. We got Yant. You said and we got Johnson. You said reasonably productive. Yant was. Do you do you not recall the hundred plus yard game Yant had against Michigan? The one game I don't think it was Michigan, but the one game that he had, you think that's productive? He showed promise. That's what I'll say. He had two hundred ninety four yards on the entire season. Yeah, he had no shot at getting on the he field. He had one hundred twenty seven against Northwestern. I get that, but I'm so I picked the wrong game. My bad. I forgot we were bo- at both of those games. I get those a little mixed up. We were a little, we were drinking a little bit, man, just a little bit. <laughs> uh, hey, but neither one of us were in handcuffs those days. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I got to throw that in there just a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My that's, bad. That's fine. My bad, that's man. Fine. My bad. Uh, no, but, <laughs> but in real life, what I can say is, hey, Matt, would you do me a favor and refresh me? <laughs> hey, Thanks, bartender. Buddy. I got, I got that I got that diet coke out there and a little bit of captain. Yeah, I switched to captain diet. That's what I, did. I was doing. I was doing a little Tito's and Diet Mountain Dew. Just wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing it. Right. I got to I got to keep up the buzz. But no, man. I I um I I think Yant is a dude who is built for it. I don't know if he has the brains for it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm out on Yant. I just you're totally I, out. I know everybody wants to bring up Yant because he's this big dude and he has freakish athlete looks, man. No, he's out there. I'm he's out. out there leg pressing like, like six fifty. Cool. Like, like bye. Cool. Do you know what? I'll, I'll do you know th- what? Hold throw, I'll throw a defensive lineman off of me. Cool. Like type shit. Cool. You're you're squatting six fifty. Do you know what hold to run through? I was gonna say it's not gonna help if you turn the wrong direction when you're trying to get yeah. the ball. I don't care what you lift or because we squat. literally watched that happen in two yes. games live. We were like, oh my god, he literally just looked the wrong yeah. way to catch I, the ball. I ju- I'm just I'm out. Like. Prove it to me on a consistent game basis. I understand you can do it against a shitty team like Northwestern. You can maybe do it against a shitty team like Fordham. All those things. Do it every week. I'm going to remind you for that Northwestern preview that you called them a shitty team. No, last year they were. I didn't say they were this year. I think they will be this year too, but we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, But what what I'm saying, I, I like Yant. I do from a physical aspect. I think that if we can get his head on straight, he could be somebody, at least a, a, a third down option type. No, our th- our third down guy is Ramir Johnson. You think in, so? No, in, in, no, no matter, even on short distance. So, so the big, goal line. Here's the big thing: a lot of what Ramir Johnson is doing right now is he's running a lot of slot situations. Yeah, not, not just as a running back. I mean, so he's he's a Wandale Robinson type. Yes, that actually wants to play with, running with, back without hands, but. A guy that actually wants to play running back and isn't going to be a bitch and leaves, um, but he gets drafted. Cool, and he's not going to do anything at the Giants, but whatever. Um, 
Because he's not, he's not his buddy. Could you imagine Ryan if he Ward. does? He's not. And they have Saquon Barkley and Wondell Robinson. Uh, you mean Saquon Barkley for three games and then he gets injured again? But um, <laughs> my big thing Such is... Such a hater. No, it, truth. No, you're not wrong, though. Spot the line. Anybody who's had him in, in fantasy the last three years is one of the most frustrated fantasy owners ever. Yeah. I, I have... I've said this, whether it's, it was this podcast specifically or the podcast that I was doing previously with a previous friend um, I have I've been a lover of Ramir Johnson I'm not back I've loved him since he came in I'm not backing off of that he's still going to be his, a big his freshman factor. season his true freshman season he got a couple touches in yep. some games where that Maryland game. nobody to play that Maryland game and he looked electric yeah uh, he doesn't look as electric when teams are prepping for him but I also think he has the stuff. The the guys that I'm looking at that will a guy that I think will be the starter game one. Obviously, this will be one of our prop bets. Um, will be who gets the first carry. A kid at TCU? No, there isn't a guy at TCU. You well, say, you say this every TCU. time. My bad. He was gonna go to TCU. <laughs> no, the coach brought him here. Yeah, hey, it's my bad. I. The, the JUCO kid, Anthony Grant. Yes, th- that's the guy I think is going to be the starter. Was. Committed to TCU and then came here. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, we're going with that. I don't do recruiting. No, we're going sure. with that. Not, whatever. Um, but also, everybody is loving uh, the way Gabe Irvin is coming off of his ACL injury from the Oklahoma game. So Really? You know, who knows? A lot of people are talking about his speed is still there. Um, and he's one of the fastest guys on the team. That's What's what a lot his of size like again? I don't remember. Uh, let me click on the right button here. I've got it put up here somewhere. Wrong button. It's always important to click on the right button. Well, you got to find Just the you got to find the button first. Yes, if you know how to find the button and <laughs> click on it, your ladies will uh, be happy. Of course, of all of the tabs that I have open, I do not have that one open. So give me a little. The bit. irony of you Feel using free the word tabs there. <laughs> no, that's you. <laughs> no, you just said <laughs> of all the tabs I have open. God damn it. Where do I... Where I just have I one. It? Oh. <laughs> uh, let's, She's not going to be happy if she mm, listens to this. <laughs> please don't listen to this because it's not me. It's it's your dude. You're the one that's choosing to marry this Been guy. drinking since five. My bad. Um, Gabe Irvin. Six foot 215. Oh, he ain't 230, huh? <laughs> No, that was the two twenty. Shout out to our boy Ted Nugent, two twenty. But yeah, but it's two fifteen, which means he's probably going to be two twenty by the time the season starts. Maybe. But yeah, every everybody's if he's got the speed. If he's got the Jets, that's let's what go. that's what a lot of the let's defensive go, players are saying. They love Gabe Gabe Irvin's speed. But I think Anthony Grant is probably going to be the guy to start. What's your What's your big draw on Anthony Grant? Uh, just, I think it's a lot of the experience that he has with his JUCO. Uh, numbers that he put up, he was like the best running back in in JUCO last year. Um, for whatever, however you want to take that, he had like seventeen hundred rushing yards, a bunch of touchdowns. Um, he's he's just, I mean, I like that set, a bunch of touchdowns. Well, do you want me to tell you that? I'm joking. Jesus. I don't give a shit. I'm kidding. Because I actually had no. That because up too. JUCO stats don't mean dick to me. Because you're basically playing high school ball. It is what it is. I think it's cool. But it's like it's like it's I understand like I said, that you're basically playing high school ball, but you're also playing relative. I mean, it's, no, it's, it's I get the size and age. It does factor. I will give you that. But it's kind of like the difference between 
playing in the College World Series and playing Major League Baseball. He, There's not a comparison. So, so he played in two two JUCO playoff games last year. He had 60 carries for two, and he averaged 295 yards per game in those two games. 9.8 yards per With carry. 30 carries a game. You don't think he's going to get 30 carries a game in our no, offense? No, 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 no. But I'm just talking about just the explosive. He he had that, and again. We don't care about the spring game, especially yeah. the way that it was set up. But he had that one really good run. He did. He had a 50-something yard touchdown he did. run. And I think I texted you right away. I was like, oh, look at those grandkids. So, so again, that, that that's one of the reasons. Everybody is raving about the way that this kid is practicing and showing up in workouts and everything else. He just He's se- a worker. He just seems to be the guy right nice. now. I like that. So what? I think it really just depends as far as the first play of the game. It depends on what kind of play that they want to come out with, whether it's a Ramir Johnson. Uh, and I, I basically think it's going to be Ramir Johnson or Anthony Grant as far as your first you play. You think Ramir's going to be used a lot more in the passing game this year? Yes, yeah, because he's been doing a lot of receiver work, well, lining up in the slot. Hey, we've been looking for a Wandell Robinson type since he left. Until, and we never since, found it last since we year. ran him out of town. Yeah. No. What? what <laughs> from what I understand, he was just missing his mama. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, you know, now that he's in the pros, he can buy our house wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I'm not going to disagree with you at all. Like, if if Grant's the guy, Grant's the guy. I, I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah. I I was excited. I texted you when he committed. I was like, "Hey, Bill," and you're like, "I don't care about recruiting." I'm like, "Yeah, but he's a transfer. I think it'll be good." And now that he's here, now that he's doing what he's doing, and that you're hearing what you're hearing about them yes. really actually enjoying playing with him, mm-hmm. that tells me something. I mean, obviously, Ramir Johnson is the incumbent, um, doing what he did last year. Really, though, because there he was is. really no starter last year. I oh, he started what six games. Well, he started all every game since Ramir or uh, Gabe, Gabe Irvin. No, Gabe Irvin got injured in the Oklahoma game, and it was basically Ramir Johnson's show since then. No, yeah, yeah, started one of those games. No, he didn't. He played really well in the Northwestern game where we beat the shit out of him, fifty something to two. Whatever well, maybe the, I'm wrong. the score was. I thought Yant started one of those games for sure. I mean, if he did, it would have been the Northwestern game. Maybe. So, like, no, it was it was a Ramir Johnson show last year as, at running back. It was just, I'm not saying that he had, like, every carry, because that's just not how we run the running backs now. We It is a running back by committee, but by the as the season went on, it had to be Ramir Johnson because nobody else could do anything. The more exciting room for me is the wide receivers. Yes. Who are we still going to see from last year? Obviously, Xavier Betts is gone. Yep. I mean, at this point, he's gone. I assume he's no, gone, he gone. No, he is. He's gone. The fact that he's not back for fall camp, I assume that's a done deal. No, for lack which of which is sad because for lack of a better phrase, he's retired. Yeah, it's sad for me because I had high hopes for the kid. I thought his athleticism. I thought the way that he could get. I mean, he played a little bit. Of, what was it? Was it Michigan or Northwestern? He played a little bit out of the backfield, and he was electric. I mean, he was he didn't play uh, out of the backfield. He got a he got an option in either the Michigan or the Northwestern game. Well, two years ago, he had that. No, this this past year, he got an option. He ran. We were at the game. We were sitting, we were standing in the north. Well, end he, zone. he he runs that like jet motion type play that yeah, he, that's what that I'm he talking scored about. against in the Penn State game. It's not out of the backfield, but he's in motion and doing whatever. Regardless. We were at, it was either the Northwestern or Michigan game. We were okay. both there. We were standing next to each other, and he caught that, and it went 
electric. The whole stadium went nuts. It was literally right before or after the third quarter break, and it was amazing. It was awesome. And I was hopeful for him. Yeah. And now he's gone. Yeah. So fuck him. I'm well, done I'm talking okay. about him. I'm not going to go that far. But <laughs> no, not fuck him. Whatever you're doing, I wish you the best. Absolutely. But I don't want to talk about you anymore. Who's going to be our guys? Well, I mean, obviously, everybody would want to say immediately uh, Omar Manning, but he's never a guy that gets brought up. Every time people want to talk about wide receivers, nobody brings up Omar Manning. How much size did we bring in this year? Not as, you know, height, not a ton. I mean, well, I mean, yes. We brought in multiple six plus foot dudes. Who have got size. So 6'2", six 6'3", six 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 foot plus dudes but we also, with size. But we also already had, uh, with an Omar Manning, 6'4", Latrell Neville, 6'4", Kamonte Grimes, 6'3". B6'4", but if you can't get your grades Sean Hardy, or six your three. on the field, like, you we can't already, We already win. had guys, Wyatt Lever, 6'4". We already had guys that are 6'4", six 6'3", six plus. I'm not saying that we didn't have size. I'm saying we needed some outside presence that has a little bit of speed, and it seems to me, recruiting-wise and transfer-wise, we got some of that. Everybody, we talked about this on our last show, uh, beginning of June, uh, the whole, everybody wants to say Trey Palmer, but I don't understand. I don't get it. The kid from LSU. Yeah. The return specialist. Yes. But everybody wants to say. I don't know why him, everybody's talking about him as a wide receiver. But everybody wants to he talk about him as a wide receiver. Return specialist. But everybody wants to bring him up as a wide receiver, and I don't. I just don't. He get wants it. to be a wide receiver. I'm not saying that he won't be our wide receiver, but everybody wants to think that he's like the savior at our, as our wide receiver. I love now, and I understand if people want to look at this and and they want to look up the stats of Trey Palmer, and then they want to look up a guy that I think is going to be the kind of breakout guy, the newcomer that Isaiah Garcia Casaneda from New Mexico State. That they have very similar numbers, roughly three hundred something receiving yards, a uh, handful of catches, handful of touchdowns, whatever. I get it; They're, the numbers are very similar. I, do, I just think that... It's weird coming from LSU and New Mexico State. Yes. But I just look at it more as being the guy, quote-unquote the guy. That's what Isaiah Gar- Garcia Castaneda was. Oh, I, Trey Parmel was never the guy. He was never the guy. He was brought in to be the guy when he was recruited, and he talked about that in his interview. But he was also he behind came, he, a couple of good guys. It, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> yeah, Christ. Exactly. Uh, you know, maybe an offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. Uh, maybe a second offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, some 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 pretty high class fellas that are playing NFL football. What do you think about the wide receivers from real life, though? Um, a lot of talk about Oliver Martin. It, now, granted. He had the one really good game to start the season, and then he got injured. So, and then he started yeah, I mean, back we, out on the field. We didn't really get to see him no. at all last year. No. Um, and he's got speed. He's got size. Absolutely. And he's got hands. I mean, he's got a lot of everything that you would want as a wide receiver. He made a couple catches late in the, late in the season. My biggest thing about him, though, was he always seemed schematically like he was in a position that. If I can catch this ball, if I get enough space to catch the ball, cool. And I'm getting smoked. 
Absolutely. Now that was kind of the some of that's quarterback play, but some of that's scheme. Yep, it is. Um, obviously, I I can't talk about wide receivers and not bring up whether or not how much he'll play. I don't know. Uh, just the one of the greatest names in the history of sports, not just football, Decoldis Crawford. Like I, I, I have to say, Decoldis Crawford, dude. He was he was committed to LSU. Yeah. And that switch commit was all Mickey. Absolutely, Joseph. yeah. And, and 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 what I see right now, Mickey Joseph, more than anything, the first word that comes to my head when I look at Mickey Joseph and the way he carries himself, the way he talks about things, the way he seems to run shit, is culture. Mm-hmm. More than anything, like he gives me that vibe. Like usually, you know, you you see it. You see a Bengals team last year that our Nebraska boy was head coach of. Mm-hmm. That nobody even knew was coaching until he got that head coaching job. And Walters, the former offensive coordinator, is the wide receivers coach yeah. there. But it, it's it, it's one of those things that Cincinnati Bengals team had no business being in the Super Bowl when it comes to talent. Yes, but culture. Was a totally different thing. They were a, they were basically a college upstart team in the NFL with NFL players. That's one, what happened. One of the first things that Mickey Joseph said when he got hired after Mark Whipple and stuff, he said, "I want to talk to Mark Whipple to see how much we can chuck the ball around." I love it. I love it. Well, it's not like Mark Whipple didn't love that either. I'm just saying. <laughs> but here's my thing. Culture wise, he is he's a dude that. Like I feel like he walked in the building and it was electrified. Grease lightning, man. Yep. He was electrifying people like, hey, we are fucking a little electric unit. Yeah. These wide receivers, we're no longer the the slow across the middle, gonna catch and get smoked guys. Like I'm looking for electricity. I'm looking for Tyree Kill. I'm looking for I'm looking for uh Jefferson. I'm looking for fucking what's his name in, in Cincy. Uh, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Yeah. Who he coached. Uh, yeah. And Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Yep. Both of them. Yep. Uh, superstar NFL wide receivers. Yep. I'm looking for electricity. I'm looking to teach you the skills, but then I also want to make you believe you are the best person on the field to be catching that football. Yeah. And that's what I'm so excited about for our wide receivers. You know, we, we talked last year a little bit about mental health and Omar Manning. Yep. And how he struggled to get on the field. Yes. And last year, it seemed like he finally clicked a little bit. He got on the field. But he also didn't get a ton of chances. Correct. And maybe some of that's quarterback play. Maybe some of that's scheme. Maybe some of that's just the way it shook out. Like, yep. it's gameplay happens. I feel like a guy like him, who might have gone from a coach that was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, here's the here's the basics. Here's what you need to do. Here's, here's how you're going to become a good wide receiver, blah, blah, blah. To a dude who's going, ah! I'm going to give you the electricity. I'm going to fucking fire you up and make you the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I don't I'm know what the like, hell that I'm was. Talking like, like, I don't know, man. I'm just like, I don't know. I get like Southern Baptist priest vibes from fucking Mickey Joseph. Like the dude just fills me with excitement when I listen to him talk. And I love it. And maybe that's the wrong way to look at it, but maybe it's the right way. Maybe that dude has fucking caught lightning in a bottle when it comes to just making wide receivers believe in themselves. Because he's created two of 
arguably the top 10 wide receivers in the league. One of them has only played one season in the NFL. Yeah. I I, I just I cannot wait to see when we're going to get into the what I believe is the main part of this offense in just a second. I think we the need the offensive it. line, yeah. Yeah. Um that's that's the biggest key. Yes, Mickey Joseph has brought a bunch of lightning. Um, he's brought a lot of, for lack of a better phrase, and I don't mean uh, this can be taken as a negative, but I don't mean it this way. Uh, he's brought a lot of fluff to an excitement. I guess I'll use excitement more than fluff um, to the offense as a general, and we don't even know what the offense is truly going to look like. Everybody just automatically thinks Mickey Joseph, the players that he's bringing in, the players that he has coached in the past. Hell, a lot of people are saying that if this doesn't work with Scott Frost and he gets fired, that Mickey Joseph is head coach in waiting, which I completely disagree with. But <laughs> Wow, based on what? like Exactly. Whoa. Yeah. But that's what people, that's the excitement that he's bringing, though. I mean, it's it's borderline a Bo Pelini in when he came in as a defensive coordinator as Scott Frost. The the lightning that Bo Pelini created with all the turnovers that happened in uh, Frank Solich's last year, and then everybody got fired. Everybody's like, "Oh, Bo Pelini, Bo Pelini! Look what he did with the defense in the one year." That's almost the energy that is bringing get gotten brought in by Mickey Joseph. It's crazy, but it's also unique, and it's. Awesome. And if I can speak to this from a completely different perspective, most people that listen to us don't probably know that I went to school for music. I grew up, my dad's a band director. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the music world. Like, that's what I did. Um, I learned sports probably high school on and really. Really, uh, really jumped on it from a standpoint of just following it mathematically because I love stats and I love watching sports. Um, but from a music perspective, anybody who is a musician who's ever been in band, who's ever been, you know, around musicians, knows there are certain musicians like lead guitarists, trumpet players, lead guitarists. <laughs> <laughs> lead vocalists that are they, have you said lead guitarists yet? Lead guitarists, <laughs> trumpet players um, that are just they're, they're very um, emotionally bound. They have the ability, a lot of them, because they can do that, because they can play that instrument, because they can do it at a high level. They have the emotional capacity to experience things in a much greater volume than what normal people can understand. And I think wide receivers, skill position players on the offense are very similar. They have the ability to let emotions dictate their performance a lot more than a tried and true tuba player that's going to keep that same bump, 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 bump going for them the whole time. The offensive linemen, they know what their feet can do. They know what their body can do. They know how much mass they can push. That doesn't change from game to game. That doesn't change whether or not they're super amped up or whether or not they're having a little melancholy day. But a wide receiver that's in the groove, that's feeling it, that's, I got it. I got it. Today's my day. They can do something different 
They, they, a trumpet player, it's the same way. They can, and he just put out a soul that I don't even fucking. I, I never heard anything like it. It's amazing. Tyreek Hill is a perfect example. That dude paints pictures with the way he runs routes and gets himself open and gets himself not even open, but to catch a ball and then and then just run away from people and drops passes. But uh, I like to hit on the chief just as much as anybody else. But what I'm saying is he still drops a lot of passes. But, uh, but what I'm saying is it's it's artistic. It's artistic. I, I get it. I get it's it. It's amazing to watch these skilled players do that. And something that I, the, the point that I'm making is I think Mickey Joseph is taking them, it, it has the ability to take his wide receivers from the standard, these is, this is what I'm going to teach you. This is what you need to know to be a great wide receiver to the level, the mentality, the, the understanding of, oh, I'm a fucking superstar. Oh, I can be a game changer because there's no way in hell that in four years at a college, you produce two of the best top 10 wide receivers in the country from dudes that were four star talents that a bunch of people passed over and you just boom, their work ethic. Oh, that's why. No, it's because they had that mind. They had that mind mm-hmm. that could be molded and they got built into that person. And so I'm hoping in this wide receiver crew, and that's what I want to ask you. That's my question to you. In this wide receiver core, who do you think has that mind that's moldable that Mickey Joseph can say, you can be our dude. You can be our Samari Toure, but better. Uh, Long term or right now, this year? This year. Okay. This year. I Honestly, I, I would go back to the Oliver Martin. I think he's he's a, he's a very smart wide receiver. It's just more about whether or not he can stay healthy. Um, I I said at the beginning of last year, one of our uh, prop oh, questions we both talked about him a lot. Yeah. Was was who was going to be the leading receiver? I said Oliver Martin. I think I said Omar Manning. Th- that's fine, but I said Oliver Martin, and, and I felt very good after the first year when he had over a hundred yards of receiving. But then he got injured right away, and and that all went downhill. Yeah. So maybe I'm biased because I stuck with Oliver Martin last year. I'm that you asking me that question. I'm going to bring up Oliver Martin because hoping that he can stay healthy this year. I think he's going to. You're play saying a big that factor. even though we have the talent coming in, we do. Yeah, because of the experience that he has too. Because I know the kid coming out of LSU that's got all the special team Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer. Yeah. I know he has all the ex- the special team experience, and that's why we're bringing him in. Yep. That's don't nobody get that nobody get that wrong. That's why we're bringing him in. He is a special team specialist. We put an emphasis this offseason on special teams. Whatever he gives us as a wide receiver will just be a bonus. It's a bonus. Yeah. But he went to LSU as a wide receiver. Yeah. Do you think he's really just a bonus kid, or do you think he's actually going to need a shot to win some serious minutes as wide receiver? Uh, this year, I think he will get serious minutes as a wide receiver. Uh, as far as he's how got the body, he's how, got the speed. But how much of a production he will have, I don't know. Does he have the hands? He's back there to catch kicks. He's got I some mean, hands. Yeah. But he's got hands that come straight down. I don't know that it's very... That, that I can watch for four seconds. I, I can't answer the question because I don't know that it's proven considering the stats that he put up at LSU sure. as, as a wide receiver. You know, one of the biggest things we have to learn... We have to lean on these new guys as... At wide receivers, not just the Trey Palmers, but the Isaiah Garcia Casanadas, the uh, Janarian Bonner, who's a newcomer coming in. Um, 
hell, even the Oliver Martin who got injured for most of the season, the Sean Hardys who was one of the best uh, practice squad guys from last year. He was, I think, he was voted the number one practice squad guy last year. Um, we have three receivers or three touchdowns by receivers sure. returning. On returning, yeah. Two by Omar Manning, one by Oliver Martin. Oh, fuck. We only had, what, 11 last year? Well, I mean, uh, Martinez threw 14 touchdown passes. I don't. They weren't all two wide receivers, but still. No. Th- only at three of them of, returning. At least two of them were to running backs. I don't know that. Yeah. But only three of them are returning. So we're going to need those guys to step up, the new guys. Um, I hope... I, I start kind of started this wide receiver part by saying Omar Manning is a guy that's kind of getting forgotten about because he never gets brought up. I hope that he is one of the dudes. But it's it's just kind of trending the way that he isn't going to be. I don't know. Like I just Well, he's he's one of those cases that we talked about this last year. There has to be a bit of mental fortitude when it comes to being a college athlete. Mm-hmm. He didn't show that the first year he was here. That's no. why he didn't get on the field much. He did last year, and he got on the field. He just wasn't utilized much. Yes. Which makes me question his utilization in practice mm-hmm. and his availability in practice. And so I look at I look forward on that, and I say, okay, cool. We brought in more size. We brought in more speed. Even if it's guys that we don't know, like, for instance, Trey Palmer from LSU. Yep. Who is, if I'm not mistaken, six one six two, run six one one ninety six one one ninety. He's got size. I mean, I mean six six one six two NFL wide receiver six one six two. That's that's proper size. Yeah, to be somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Jamar Chase. I think he's six one. I yeah, some something like that. And he's probably coming out of this season, this coming season. Going to be the best wide receiver in the league. A top three at least, yeah. The dude's ridiculous. Yes. Mickey Joseph was his coach. Yeah. In, high, in college. I, I, I and, want... And by the way, he took a whole season off, still got drafted top 15, mm-hmm. and only fell to the Bengals at like, I don't think it was, it was 12, 11, 13, somewhere in, that, somewhere in that range. No, they were top 10, I think. Nine, nine or ten, I think they were. Regardless. Yeah, yeah. He fell in the draft. He was going to be a top three Five. pick in the yeah. in the draft. Easy. Yeah. If he hadn't gotten hurt and then sat out. Yep. And he was healthy enough to play at LSU, but he also knew LSU was losing, what, four of their five off starting offensive linemen of the NFL. They lost their quarterback. They lost everything. Their tight end, yeah. Yeah, they lost literally everything. They lost two of their tight ends. Uh, and he was just like, cool. I can't win here. It's not going to improve my draft stock. People already saw what I can do. I mean, fuck. His last season that he played at LSU. Mm-hmm. Bye. We get a season that's 500 yards short of that and 5 to 10 touchdowns short of that out of any of these wide receivers. I'm happy. I, I'm rooting for uh, an Omar Manning coached by Mickey Joseph. I would to- love to see it. Uh, but again, I'm going back to I'm probably going to stick with the Oliver Martin pick um, that I had last year. Um, you know what I'm going to throw out there? Go ahead. I think the coldest. 
is probably I don't know if he's gonna be like the guy. Is the coldest the coldest? I don't think he's gonna be the guy this year. Because the he, guy, he's a coming in. He's a freshman. He's a true freshman. Don't say the guy. You gotta say the guy. The guy. The coldest guy. <laughs> the coldest guy. All right. Okay. You back down on the. We already re- talked about how you're bad at accents. So just talk. <laughs> Hey, fuck you, but I don't even know the fuck you're talking about. This guy brings up my Irish accent again. I don't even know what the fuck he's saying. That's not either, but... I think DeColdis is going to be a factor this year as a true freshman. I think he's going to be one of He'll those... He'll get on the field. I think he's going to be one of those true freshmen that... He's not He's not going to be a, a, a typical, you know, 15-target-a-game guy. But I think he might, after four or five games in, be a five or six target a game guy. And I think he might be able to create some space in open field and make some moves after the catch. I, I hope so, because I would love to talk about the coldest every The biggest thing week. about our wide receivers right now, the biggest thing about our wide receivers right now is we need to find someone who can catch the ball in an open field and make a move and get 10 yards. Yes, it has been a long time since we have had even Samari Tour last year. He had a couple good ones, but it has been a long time since we have somebody that can literally catch the ball, short route, catch the ball, and make a play. Well, JD could. JD Spielman could. Yeah, okay. I, I would like to have more than one guy do it, though. That's yeah. my, that, I guess that's what I would. JD Spielman also left two years ago. But no, and but, JD Spielman only did that when he was wide the fuck open. But he was a guy that could catch the ball across the middle and get five, six, when seven extra yards. he was wide the fuck open because of scheme. I don't even know if he didn't really have to be wide the fuck open. He could just get the extra yards. Truth be told, if he was doing that, if he was getting the extra yards by himself not schemed open, he'd still be playing. No, nah, he just didn't care about football. That's... I doubt thing. that his dad's a fucking VP of but fucking playing. Football. He didn't care about playing. I don't know. Regardless, wide receivers. You said Omar Manning. I like Oliver. Mar- I would pick Oliver, Oliver Martin, Martin as the as guy. Your guy. But I'm praying Omar for Omar Manning. Manning. Yes, I also pray for Omar Manning. I think Decolis is going to be up there on the fucking cold rankings. <laughs> <laughs> But I also think Oliver Martin's a good pick. So you think Oliver Decoldis Crawford is going to be a little chilly? A little chilly. <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey little, Matt, little, don't shake your head. A little pork chili. <laughs> a little pork chili. Like we're going to put a little, like uh, we'll put some spare ribs in that motherfucker. <laughs> Let's turn it up. No, but I I I think that's. I'm with you 100. percent I think I think I think Oliver Martin is going to be a fucking, number six, Matt. Seven? I think Oliver Martin is going to be a rejuvenation project. If that kid stays healthy this year, it's going to be fun as fuck. Oh, I th- if he stays healthy, I'm going to love. You put him across yes. from a guy like Omar Manning. You Hey, you, you wide out Oliver Martin on the left, throw Omar Manning and Dakotas on the right. Shit, man. That's Bring just getting, it. That shit's getting chilled as fuck. <laughs> Put that on ice. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, real quickly, we'll go to the tight ends, and then we'll go to the big conversation of the offensive line. It has to be quick on the tight ends because they're all hurt. Well, one of them is. Well, wait. When I say all, I mean the one that matters. But but is he? Because God forbid we actually talk about an injury. Like, nobody will actually confirm anything. 
So is he truly hurt? Oh no, no, he is. But, Give me the lowdown on that, though. I mean, Thomas Fedoni fucked up his knee again, and but God forbid anybody talk about it because that's the protecting the kid. Fuck off! Like what? Anyway, wasn't he a top two tight end in his class? Yeah. And this is his second year now. Something like that, yeah. With another bad knee. Yeah. But but I love Travis Vokalek. Travis Vokalek is the shit. Um, I mean, he, he wasn't very healthy last year. So, yeah, I mean, we stuck with Austin Allen. God forbid we stuck with Austin Allen. Allen Austin Allen was... How he didn't get drafted, I fucking don't know. Well, I mean, he ended up at... I think he ended up at a good position with the Giants, but... He is with the Giants? Yeah. Okay. I mean, granted, he doesn't have a quarterback to throw him the ball, but... Yeah, well, you know, they get one of those. He He's at a good position to play. That's the funny thing about the NFL right now is there's only like seven teams that don't have a quarterback. Yeah. It's not like five years ago. When but the Giants like, are one of them. You know, that, no, yeah, for, for real, though. But like five years ago, like in real life, five years ago, there were like seven teams that had a quarterback. Yeah. And the rest of them were like, well, fuck, I don't know what to do. We're not going to be competitive this year. Let's fucking draft a wide receiver. <laughs> like they never went after a quarterback. And now all of a sudden it's like, boom, boom, boom. Everybody and their mom is a good quarterback. Or, or they think that they have a good quarterback, they they like, a good quarterback. The Car- Jacksonville. like the Cardinals signing a quarterback for 40-something million, and they have a stipulations in the contract where he has to spend four extra hours uh, studying film. It's just fucking stupid. But Here's here okay. sidebar. My thoughts on that contract? Smart. It's smart. You know why? NFL players have gotten to the point that they think they're NBA players. They think they can just show up, go through their workouts, and fucking get on the field. If you have to have stipulations in the contract that you have to study an extra four hours, and you're going to pay the guy almost $50 million a year, then maybe you shouldn't pay him almost $50 million a year. Maybe no. you maybe you make that part of a standard contract. It should be part of your As job. As Matt's saying right now, maybe you make that part of a standard contract. Because guess what? There's these dudes out there right now that are not doing that. But they but there are guys. Cam that- Newton is a dude that was literally last year. So everybody wants to talk about Cam Newton, MVP. Cam Newton, all this talent, blah, blah. Goes to the Patriots. Bill Belichick puts all his faith in Cam Newton. And then all of a sudden... Uh, Mac Jones comes along and they're like, "Oh, blah blah blah." Well, Mac Jones, Cam he Newton, just, he just wants he just wants Mac Mac Jones he just wants Mac Jones to replace Tom Brady. Bullshit. No, Cam, you know why Cam Newton got cut? Cam Newton, million dollar body, ten cent brain. Exactly. Studying the playbook. I don't care if you're stupid or not. There's. It's not my job to judge whether you're stupid. It's my job to judge whether you're talented. And if you're talented. I can deal with how stupid you are, and I can deal with how much you want to study. And if you're stupid, I'm going to make you study more. So therefore, I put stipulation in your contract because of dudes like Cam Newton, who got paid $9 million to go play for the Patriots last year and got cut week two because Mac Jones, week two of fall camp, was giving him pointers on the Patriots offense that he'd already been running for a whole year. If I have to put studying stipulations in your contract that I'm not then I am not gonna pay you forty five million a year. I'm with you, but really? You know the only reason that that uh, what's his what's his bucket? Uh Lamar Lamar uh Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Mm-hmm. 
The only reason he doesn't have a signed contract, he doesn't have an agent, A. Mm-hmm. Stupid. That's the biggest reason. Stupid. Doesn't have an agent. Wants a fully guaranteed contract. Yep. Stupid. Yep. Never going to happen. I don't, You're not Patrick I don't know about ne- I don't know about never, but yeah. You know who doesn't have a guaranteed contract, full guaranteed contract? Patrick Mahomes. The best quarterback in the NFL. He's not the best quarterback in the NFL. But you know what he has? An NFL ring. I didn't say a he's Super Bowl the, ring. I didn't say he's the most talented, but he is the best quarterback in the NFL. He has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. You know what Lamar Jackson doesn't have? Yep. Anything. He has an MVP. Oh yeah. Oh, you have an MVP? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Let me wipe my fucking ass with that. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Because that buys me all sorts of shit. Well, that actually did buy him some time, but whatever. It did. So, okay, before we go down another 8,000 rabbit hole that we've (laughs) been going through, so let's just stop with the... Somehow we're back on quarterbacks, too. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, The last offensive position. Just try to end this as quickly as possible, even though this might be... Surprisingly enough, our Here's long, my thing. our longest conversation. Here's my thing. Anybody who's listening this year, I expect that they appreciate who we are and what we're talking about, and they appreciate the fact that we are legitimate. The whole point we're of, not fucking around. The whole point of, and again, no disrespect to you. When I started this with the previous guy Lee, yeah, the whole point was we're the shooting for guys, right? Well, that was way before, but specifically the Big Red Junkies with Lee. I wanted this to be almost like what we're just sitting at a bar bullshitting, talking about sports. And that's what, that's what, this is how conversations go in, in bars. Absolutely. It will, it will have sidebars. It will have rabbit holes. It will have like, we're going to jump to this conversation. Then we're going to go back to this conversation, awkwardly transition and all this stuff. That's what I want this to be. And if you can't appreciate that, then I'm sorry. Go listen somewhere else. But. Yeah, but anybody who's listened to this point, who's listened to us ramble on, they already know. They're rooting for me against you. They want certain things to happen. They want to get us, they want to get us a little fiery. Mm-hmm. They want to get us fired up. They want to hear your, your Husker hater takes, and they want to hear me defend the Huskers and do all that jazz. Fuck Scott Frost. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, in, real, in all reality, that's what it is. I know. They want to hear that. They want to hear the tension, and I love it. Yeah. I love it, and I want everybody to understand something. This year's going to be a little different. We're A, we're going to be healthier. Hopefully. B, we're going to be drunker. Let, let me I knock mean, on wood here. Because of the health, we will be drunker. <laughs> because last year, we spent a lot of time not sober. getting drunk, doing shows sober just to get shows out, and feeling kind of bad about it because we kind of cut you guys short. Yep. We do a lot better talking about sports when it comes to us just being complete fuckheads <laughs> and sometimes massively arguing with each other. Oh, we'll get so, there. We'll get there. So I, I, I lead that. I use that as a lead up to this. I'm a fat man. <laughs> the offensive line are fat men, or used to be in Nebraska lore, and I would love to get to them right now because that is the weakest link in our offense this year, in my opinion, other than potentially the same quarterback that we had last year with a different name. So, Jed. I know we've had some injuries. I know we've had some transfers. I know we have some massive pussies. 
and a suspension. What do you make of our offensive line, sir? Well, I will say uh, I used to be a fat man. I still sort of am. He's still kind of fat. No, I am. Uh, he just says a belly though. Like he's he's a fake fat man. I, I'm just not. He's as like fat. I'll stand sideways for the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of fake though because like he's kind of small. What'd you say, Matt? I said how many push-ups did you do today? I did over uh, just yeah. over 300. Matt's asking Jed about his push-ups because Jed's on some like I don't know 70 million push-up <laughs> fucking challenge. I don't even know. I don't want to hear about it. Like. Y'all are going to see video because we're going to start doing video week yep. one of the season this year. Uh, I'm fat as fuck. Jed's kind of a small guy, and now he's got swole shoulders because he decided, <laughs> he decided. well, I'm just going to start doing push-ups, like 5,000 of them a day, and it's going to be a thing. <laughs> but even though I used to be and sort of still am a fat man, I, I'm a fat man. And I'm a child fat man. He still. pretends. I'm still a fat man at heart. Yeah, 600 uh, push-ups a day. Fat man. <laughs> this is the... You're not allowed to call yourself a fat man if you do 600 push-ups a day. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I don't do 600. I do... Fuck th- you, Jed. I'll least, have a cheeseburger. At least 300. But this is the biggest thing with our offense this year, our offensive line. Uh, obviously, losing the guy that we have shit on for three years, Cam Jurgens. Um Cam, not a center Jurgens. Except that he is getting a, drafted by a round. pick by fucking position player. Okay, so can time out. Can we talk about this for a hot second? Rabbit hole. I am yeah, rabbit hole. <laughs> I am I am the biggest apologetic ever to Cam Jurgens. If I see him personally, I will walk up to him and say, I apologize to you. Because I thought you were a piece of shit. I'll literally say that to mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. And I will pray that he decides not to swing at me and that I have to tackle <laughs> him to the ground and center his ass. <laughs> because don't get me wrong, if he swings on me, I will duck that shit and I will tackle him to the ground and sit on his ass. You think you'll duck and in time? I am so much bigger than him, it's not even funny. Mm, no. It's easily 150 pounds. No. <laughs> okay. That, that doesn't matter. I'll take Jed to the scale later. Uh, he can see. I'm a, I'm a large human being. But regardless, Cam Jurgens, I personally apologize to you because guess what? You were our overall for Be- the entire best season. Best offensive lineman. Best offensive lineman we had last year. Yep. You, including all of your snaps, yes, you still fucked up a couple. Like two last you, year. you... Did so much better than you ever did before. I have to give you props. And the fact that Jason Kelsey, this is him, right? Yep. Decided that you were his replacement for the Eagles. I mean, he's been there. He's an all pro for, I think, the last six or seven years. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's probably, he's one of the five best centers in the league. I was going to say one of the best two or three in the league. I was being conservative. Travis Kelsey's older brother. Yeah. The motherfucker has been in the league for seven or eight years. A long time. Eight, nine, ten yep. years. And the Eagles organization respects him so much that they said, we want you to draft your replacement yep. that's going to come in and learn under you for a year or two. And he said, and okay. And then leave. And he said, not only okay, but I'm going to go draft you a dude that might take my space before I can even actually justify retiring. Yeah. 
He literally said that on air on NFL Network. He said, he might take my spot before I can justify retiring. You can no- and I might have to go to a new team. You can no longer, every time I bring his name up, can say, Cam, not a center. Not a center. I can't. You can't say that anymore. But you know what's funny? You hit it in more than I did at the beginning. Absolutely, I did. (laughs) Because of his snaps. But I will say this. But I also said... Cam Jurgens, if you're listening, and I promise you probably aren't. No. (laughs) But if you happen to listen to this show, I'm telling you right now, personal apology from BJ motherfucking Lair. (laughs) Is that your middle name? Yes, BJ motherfucking Lair. (laughs) Get a BJ and Lair. Whoa. I fucking apologize to you. Because I was wrong. You are a physical freak that you figured out how to fucking snap the ball. Quarterback still sucked, but you figured out how to snap the ball, and god damn it, you're a beast. So we lose our you're best, a beast. We lose our best offensive lineman in Cam Jurgens, um, and then we think we have a good at least left guard. But then and he, left tackle. But then he gets suspended for the season by the NCAA. Uh, basically, failed stop smoking to, weed, kid. Uh, it's not that, but um, what is it? Crack cocaine. Failed the drug test by the NCAA, so he's suspended for the year. Uh, Newelli, I can never pronounce what, his first what name. What did he so do? He failed the drug test. Yeah, doing what? So I don't. So is the, it something fun at least? Like, do you Molly and he fucked up? No, or probably like, not. But. The big thing is, not just so we lose our best offensive lineman, we lose our second best offensive lineman for, through a suspension. We have our what about our left tackle. Well, I was getting get, just about to say that we have our left tackle, who's probably our most talented offensive lineman, coming ACL. off of an ACL injury. Yeah. Um, now, to but be, that was that was like week eight last year. It was the Michigan game, week eight or nine. Mm, I don't remember. Whenever the Michigan game was, he should be. That was October, so he Mid- should be. No, no, Frost said yesterday he's full go. He's full, he's full now. That's what he said. Uh, well, wow, he's ahead of uh, schedule. Okay, then. hold on. We know Frost is okay. a lying sack of shit when it comes to injuries. He could said he's just, full go. Could you just take a second, like on those things, like? Okay, well, this guy is supposed to be like I don't know an ACL in the NFL is like I don't know nine months, like blah blah. Maybe Frost doesn't get called a lying sack of shit when it comes to telling us his timeline. No, he's a lying sack of shit when it comes to injuries. He is. But when he's actually giving him to us, like why do we got to call him out? Am I wrong? I am asking why we got to call him out. That's I, all. I'm asking to spot the lie. This is not a game show, kid. I'm just saying. Bill Belichick will say two-thirds of the team is questionable. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. Matt from the peanut gallery goes, <laughs> Bill Belichick will say two-thirds of the team is questionable. Like Kyle Duggar, our best safety last year, was questionable, like literally day-to-day or questionable, three-quarters of the season. He had the most tackles on the team. He played every single game. And and the greatest coach in college football history, Nick Saban, will just tell you who's injured because he doesn't care. Yeah, he also has 15 players absolutely. to back up One, every position. Absolutely, 100%. I'm just saying that there are different ways to do it. Are you saying we have 15 players to back every, no, we up don't. every position? But we're also 3-9, and nine, so we don't really have to hide a lot of things because we suck. 
So we should just continue to suck. No. We should just not be like, oh my god, we need to protect our... Like, no, you don't have to protect anything. Just... Again. There's things you do regardless of your record. That's what Frost thinks is the right thing to do. It's not my job to question that because guess what? It doesn't really affect gameplay. I get it doesn't necessarily gain any gameplay. I, You know, it ultimately, whatever, he can have his own opinion on how he reports injuries. It really doesn't fucking matter because nothing is going to change. He's has his system. He runs it how he wants to, and that's perfectly fine, I guess. Um, I disagree, but he can do his system however the hell he wants to. But, Other than us being able to talk about stuff, what does him giving our injury report to the media really do? It's it's not about it's more about just how he comes across to it. It's not about No, I'm asking from a legitimately like back yourself away from the podcast world, back yourself away from the media world, the world in general of trying to talk about the game. Knowing the space, knowing the injuries, knowing the update on the roster, what does it gain him to give anyone that knowledge? I I don't, I mean, clearly nothing gains him because even not giving the knowledge, again, I'm asking, it doesn't, it doesn't do him any good to give that knowledge ahead of time. It doesn't also doesn't hurt him though. That's fair, but that's like saying, uh, "Well, uh, I think my you're point is." In- but my point is to try to be so butthurt about it. I understand not giving the information. No, you're right. You're right, hundred percent. Last year, to be was- so offensive about it, be like, "Oh my god, how last- the hell do you ask that question?" Exactly. Last that's year, that's what I'm talking about. He did, he did get that way. Yes, especially with the Andrew Martinez shit, and then it came out still that everything everyone was speculating was correct. Yes. That's correct. No, I I agree with you there. It's more about his reaction to it. It's not about whether or not he talks about. It. We've talked. We said right this now, last year. Like right now, I'm not worried about what injuries he's telling me. We said this last year on some of the shows. I don't need him to tell me everything that's exactly every injury, but to try to be like, don't ask me about it. Why the hell are you ask me about it? Like, don't get so offensive about it. There's if an, you uh, there's tell an understandably me there's not an injury. That's what I'm going to question you. But he basically, like, don't talk to me about it. It's like, no, we're asking you questions. You can just say that this isn't an issue and we're good. You don't have to be so like, oh, my God, how dare you ask me that fucking question? And that's that's what he is. That's all I'm trying to say. But, I mean, that's that's a whole nother issue. Let's just try to stick to the offensive line stuff. You're right. You're right. To. You're right. You're right. Um. The biggest thing is now we're going to get into the defense next week because that's what our preview is going to be next week is just on the defense. But this offensive line, to me, as many question marks as we have on the entire offense, we have lots of questions on the running back room that we already talked about. Lots of questions returning or lack thereof of production of returning in the wide receiver group. The two transfers mainly in the quarterback's situation. Um, the offensive line is where it's going to bring everything together. 
if the offensive line isn't doing what they're supposed to do, hey, here, uh, Mr. Obvious, uh, then we're fucked. And the, in the Big Ten, the trenches yes. are where you win. Yes. And last year, we were massively unproductive in the trenches. Yeah, on um, period on both sides of the ball. Well, yes, I, well, no, they, I, no, not as much on the defense. I, I, okay. But I'm saying on the offensive side of the ball, we had dudes who were massively underperforming. Massively, dudes that came in, Bryce Benhart. You are the biggest touted offensive line recruit that we've had in the last easily five years, probably seven, eight years. And you played like a massive pussy last year. He did not play well. Yeah, I will say massive pussy because I'm a huge dude. I play the offensive line, and I expect more out of a dude who is 6'8", 6'9", and 290 to 325, somewhere in that range. Like, he was big. He was a big motherfucker. He was a big motherfucker coming into college. And he was a highly touted recruit that could have gone to Minnesota and didn't and came to Nebraska. And right now, you not going to Minnesota and coming to Nebraska looks like sabotage. Because you came to Nebraska and you played like a fucking bitch. Six nine three thirty. Bryce. Oh my God. Six nine three thirty. So here's one of the big things. It's not for lack of size. We had It's uh, lack of fucking gumption. Sixty three penalties last year as a team. What? Uh, 20 of them were Bryce Benhart? 34 of them were on the offense. 23 were on the defense. Six were on special teams or other. Um, Bryce, so we had 16 false start penalties on offense. We had, I'll bet at least 10 of them were on him. No, Jesus Christ, no. Uh, 10 of them were holding penalties. So 26 penalties of the 34 were false starts or holding penalties. Bryce Benhart was tied with Turner Corcoran on false starts of four each. Four. Uh, ben Hart had three of the ten holding penalties. Okay, so he was seven. He had seven of the Not 34. Ten. He had, My bad. Well, you said ten of the like false starter holding penalties, but... I'm sorry. I was talking total penalties okay. on offense. He had seven penalties. Seven of 34. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, he, he did not play well. And there's there's a reason he got benched. And he's our arguably best recruit on the offensive line. I would say Turner Corcoran and Teddy Prochaska are our best recruits, but right after that, I'm not Bryce talking. Benhart. I'm not talking about actual best. I'm talking about no, even highest, recruits. Highest no, recruits. Turner Corcoran and Teddy Prochaska were Prochaska was higher than. I'm not him. saying that they was higher because I don't follow recruiting, but he they it were wasn't. they were all right up there. Bryce Bunhart was a high four star. So Turner Corcoran was right up there. Okay. I know Fair. that, but here's what I'm going to say about that. I think that, yes, we had a Wisconsin kid come in to be our head coach or be our coach of offensive line. Yep. But he has a Nebraska blood. Well, no, he doesn't, but he has a brother that played here. He does not have oh, Nebraska he, blood. He doesn't just have a brother that played here. His brother, who's a legend, is one of the best. Offensive lineman, we've oh, ever legend! Had. Yeah. A be- one of the best offensive linemen in college football history. No, not yeah, that, not that. Oh bad. yeah, no, he's that good. Yeah, I'll put him up there. Boom! Wow, put him out there. You need to watch more college football then. Huh? Challenge me. Y- Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Give me. 
No. Come not. on. But whatever. I I just this is going to be coaching wise. What do you think? The fact that we lost coaching wise. What do you think? I have no idea. I can't answer that because you he's never he's think. never been an offensive line coach. No, he's by himself. Not a head offensive line coach. No, but so I can't answer that. He was basically responsible for all the technique that the Bears have been using for the last two years as an assistant. And the Bears have been as terrible. an assistant offensive line coach, not even just and the, the offensive Bears line have coach. been terrible. Okay, cool. Their offensive I, lines have been. Terrible. I cannot answer the question on how well of a coach he's going to be. I don't know yet. But you lose the best offensive lineman you had last year as a second round uh, NFL draft pick. Most free you lose, talent. you lose the as f- through a suspension. You lose the best returning offensive lineman with Newelli as the guard. Prohaska is coming off an ACL. They say that he's full go. We'll see what happens. Again, I can only go off of what they say, even though they lie like shit on injuries. And he's a big motherfucker. He's a gigantic. For some reason... You're not going to come back from that injury and be a giant motherfucker and not have lag. Somehow, as a 20-something-year-old, he gained an inch on size, uh, according to the roster, but whatever, the, however that goes. Hey, exactly. Hey, exactly, if you play, hey, if you play, <laughs> who gives a shit? But... So some somehow now he's listed at six ten, but whatever. Um, it's a lot to see over. So hopefully he comes back and is the player that we saw in a game and a half of him being a starter. Um, if he is, let's be real about oh, life. Absolutely. If he is, he's an All American. He's a, at least All Big Ten. Yeah. He's he's probably looking at multiple NFL prospects. Yes. Um, I mean, at that size, as a left tackle, if you actually are playing in a group that is not just losing their ass, you're getting looks from everywhere. Yes. You're a top 10, top 15 fucking pick in the NFL draft. Let's hope and pray. Huh? So, So the depth on the offensive line is a big issue to me because we have maybe... Seven guys that can play the five positions. We have Trent Hickson who will seven. That's it. Maybe, yeah. Jesus. We we we. I mean, if you can if you can solidify Tr- Teddy Prochaska as the left tackle, Trent Hickson is basically going to be the center. Um, and with Newelli out, it Prochaska just, it just reminds changes me of Nate so much. Soldier. Who? Nate Soldier. Nate Soldier. Soldier. No, yeah. He's not a soldier. He's soldier. oh, he's a soldier for me. <laughs> he was a patriot for a long time. And Jesus Christ, that but, dude played till he was 38, 39. By the it's way, it's like your boy that looks just like Taylor Lewan. Yeah, from fucking the Rams. Yeah. It's no, like the he Rams just retired. I'm oh, talking about your Rams oh, boy. My twin. Who just retired this year. My twin. Who was the best offensive lineman for the Rams this year? Andrew Whitworth. And yeah, Whitworth. Yeah, yeah, he was the left. I think it was left guard. Tackle. He's a tackle. It was left tackle. Yeah. Okay. It's the same position. But by, by, by the cool. way. Nate Solder, he's fucking 6'9", like 370, like, cool. I got Tom Brady's blindside for, I don't know, five or six years. By the way, I want the fans to, like, do a count this year. It's already been. How many times I say, oh, I fucked up? No. The (laughs) amount of times you bring up Patriots players, and it's three so far today. Okay. So, everything goes back to the Patriots to him, so that... You think it's oh. more than three? Oh, oh, you're you're so upset about the fact that I bring up. No, I don't give a shit. I don't care. Dynasty uh, in blah, football blah, history. Blah, blah. Okay. Anyway, 
<laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Patriots, Patriots, we the Patriots player. Would you not appreciate the Nebraska Cornhuskers being run as the Patriots? I would like that. Yeah, exactly. But I, so shut the fuck I up fuck because pa- I'm making points. I still and you're just mad the because the Patriots win so fucking goddamn often. You're mad because you're a Tennessee fan. Hey, Go yeah. fuck yourself. No, absolutely. Hey, Derrick Henry has one year left. Kid, get get used to it. I hope you guys so. are going back to six wins. We might go back even with him because we're not going to be good. Uh, we're not getting into that. We're back on the yeah. offensive line. But Teddy Brahaska, hey, listen, motherfucker. I feel like you might listen to this podcast. No. And I think I love you. I just want you to know that. I think you're going to be amazing this year. Don't come back earlier than you need to because we need you in the long haul. We don't need you for the first four games. Hey, hey. I'd rather him sit out for the first four games and come back for the last and then fucking come back early and try and fucking beat it up. Hey, Teddy, he, he since you're apparently listening, um, he might actually love you, but he is also very drunk right now. So the love might be in a different way. So just relax on the situation. Anyway. <laughs> so, it's not sexual, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Teddy Prohaska. Hopefully that he'll be completely healthy. Trent Hickson. Outside of that, the other three positions are up in the air of like four guys that could figure something out. I just Turner heard Corcoran, the guy who's going to play center has actually snapped the ball to a quarterback more than like four times in his entire life. Well, Hickson was the backup last year, so I mean, he snapped the ball, but yeah. I mean, was he a tight end before he became a center? No. Oh, well shit. <laughs> I feel like that's an upgrade. <laughs> Well, it's not an upgrade because he was still the best offensive lineman. We, we might had. or might not have had a freak athlete at center last year. Yes. But it did take him three fucking years okay. to figure out how to snap a ball. And he was a, a second round NFL draft pick, so back off Nito You already Nito. apologized to him and said, I'm sorry. So back off Does of that him. change the fact that he cost us a couple of games? No, he did not cost us a couple nah, of games. The whole did. team did, but whatever. I think it did. So the depth on our offensive line is sketchy as fuck. It is. That's the that's the biggest weakness in our offense. The the biggest deal is whether or not I, I know we already criticized him and I brought up the how many times he gets penalized. If so, they're trying to move Turner Corcoran inside to the, one of the guard spots. If Bryce Benhart can actually be coached by Donovan Rayola and be that right tackle that we need. Then, then it will be a good transition for Corcoran to be one of the guards, and it will help our, out our entire offensive line as a situation. If that does not happen with Bryce Benhart, then Kirk Corcoran still has to stay on the outside with the tackle, and then we're fucked with guards. Let me ask you this. Riola put out some videos. He's talked a lot. I feel like, I feel like he is... Um, Respected because of his brother and because of the the time he spent at Wisconsin, he was very good. Like I'm, I'm not, Wisconsin. I'm not saying he wasn't his brother at Wisconsin. I'm saying, like his brother was his brother. Like we're not, nobody's going to be Dominic at Nebraska, but he also went to Wisconsin himself and was in a very good offensive line mm-hmm. in, in a very good offense. Um. And he has NFL ties. Like he has, he has the coaching experience in the NFL. My question is not 
does he have the technique? It's not. Does he have the the right coaching experience to to make this happen? It's are they gonna start fucking listening to him? So one because, of the no time out. Go let, ahead. Me, let me sorry. I'm sorry. I, I had a I had a reasonably pregnant pause there, but I, I, I my my biggest question is this: We had an offensive line coach last year that, as you told me, was not getting along with Frost. No. The messages were very different from the top to the side. And I feel like having one solid message from a dude who's given all of the voice from the head coach, from the offensive coordinator, to just be the offensive line coach and implement his style, implement what he wants. Do you think that's happening? Or do you think that's all for Gazy and we're just going to be looking at it from the outside in going, well, we still have soft-ass soft ass offensive linemen and we don't know what to do with them. I, I don't know for sure if it is happening, but it has to happen. I agree with that. Because I don't, I don't think that whatever the message was before, if Frost was involved with it, if Frost was involved with it, the message before was wrong. One of the things that is coming out of specifically Big Ten Media Days yesterday, specifically with Nebraska yesterday, um, well, now two days ago because we've been recording for so long, <laughs> but you hate it so much. I don't care. I'm just giving you shit. This is um, not fun. <laughs> we don't have any fun doing this. I'm just- I hope you guys know we actually hate doing this. <laughs> We actually record podcasts because we hate the world and sure. we want everyone to know how much we hate you. Anyway. And so that's why we're so bad at it. Anyway, so the, the one of the biggest things that's been coming out of spring practice and through the summer and through yesterday was everybody wants to talk about how well the Nebraska offensive line is now getting off the ball. That's what they keep talking about. Just wait really? till you, just wait till you see how we get off the ball. So my so this was brought up on the Sharp and Benning show this morning about uh, them getting off the ball and what do, what is it that that equates to? Is it technique? Is it coaching? Is it whatever? And my question would be to you asking, what is it more? And I think it's both, but what is it more of? Is it technique or is it attitude? Getting off the ball. Well, I'm glad that you asked it that way. Because as a lineman, I know this. Coaching has nothing to fucking do with it. Well, I disagree with that. No, 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 no. I don't say no, nothing. No, no. Listen, but- no, listen to what I'm saying. Coaching has nothing to fucking do with it. Yes, maybe technique will change that, and coaching does affect technique. So that's not. I'm not saying coaching has absolutely nothing to do with it. I'm saying coaching from a standpoint of how hard do I want to play for my coach? Okay. How much do I want to do for my coach? I'm not saying that. I'm saying yeah, maybe his technique fucking sucks and that's that's different. I'm but strictly I'm saying-, saying getting off the ball. I understand after that, there's technique and all those things. Just getting off the ball. The only thing that affects getting off the ball is your intensity. That's why I asked attitude or technique? It's all attitude. There's no technique involved in that because you know what it is? It's literally how fast do you process that ball moving to your brain going, 
cool. Move my hands, move my feet, jump at the dude in front of me. And how badly do you want to destroy the guy how in front of How bad do I want to fuck this dude up? Yes. That's, there's no technique involved in that. There's no coaching involved in that. It is all about, uh, yeah, 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 okay, whatever. I, I know. I know what you, you mean. You're, you're looking at me like, no, there's no, no coaching. There's no coaching. Now. There there's, is coaching. You're exaggerating a little bit, but I get your point. Go ahead. It's instinct. I believe that it's more attitude than technique. There is obviously technique involved. I absolutely in it. believe with you. I'm not. I will not say that there's no technique, but, but I also, understand what also, you're saying. It's also that's also like if you're looking at simply explosiveness off the ball, that is that is an attitude that the I, coach brings that has nothing to do with technique, and that's it what has, the offensive it, line needs. It has nothing to do with anything other than a belief in what your capabilities are. Yep. Do I believe that I can be the best defensive lineman in the country and blow off the ball the second that it fucking happens? Like the, not, not the second, the millisecond. And be the first due to the quarterback every time. Yes. If your answer is ever, well, I'm not sure. You're in the wrong fucking spot, my yeah, friend. Like I said, it. I, I believe uh, the majority of it, like I said, I think it's both technique and attitude, but if I had to say which one is more, it's absolutely attitude. I don't think technique has anything to do with it. No, but based on what you said, the first one off the ball. Yeah. Technique has nothing to do with it. You can have the wrong technique all day. You can have a coach giving you the wrong information for your body type, for your, for, for your makeup, for the way that you're going to pull a different muscle, go in a different way. You can have a coach giving you the wrong technique all day. But your attitude and the 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 oomph that you have behind what you're doing, that that gumption, that that willingness to be best at what you do, there's nothing you can do. It's a lot like the phrase of do you want somebody to give one hundred percent effort and maybe be wrong or fifty percent effort and be right? a whole circumstance. I mean, I can tell you effort's football, a big deal. I can tell you in football, I never want anyone to give fifty percent effort. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's me. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, man, that's that's funny that you said that because I feel like that was a lot of last year. Yes, I feel like a lot of last year was a hundred percent effort without a direction to put that effort in, and and that's what I hope. Because I can't say for sure. That's what I hope that Rayola is bringing to this offensive line is the int- the intensity, the- yeah, and the effort. Because because that's in a Rayola blood. It is. And Donovan Rayola was very good at Wisconsin, and he had that effort. And the thing, but that- then you you, you well, but what we know because we weren't in the Big Ten, we didn't see Wisconsin all the time when uh, Donovan played for Wisconsin. We know what Dominic brought to the intensity and the effort all the time.